Hello and welcome back to the PS Nation SideQuest podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andy, and I'm joined by Wyatt. Hello. And uh, we're back for another fun episode of RPGs, anime, fighting games, random stuff. I don't know. How's it going, Wyatt? Good. You? Enjoy your trip? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was it was rough, but uh, <laughs> very, very interesting. Very fun. That's good. Um, I managed to not get malaria, so, you know, that's always a plus. That is always a plus. <laughs> One of my coworkers was like, you need to get medicine for that? I was like, um, let's see, typhoid, malaria... Uh, Diamox for altitude sickness, uh, like five other things. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I hope Jeez. I don't get sick over there. <laughs> Did you get like immunization shots before you left too? Or? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a couple of them were uh, vaccinations and stuff. Yeah. And I still managed to get traveler's diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I'm sure, what everyone wanted to hear about on their podcast about video games. Oh, totally. At least it's nothing permanent. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, uh, this is the SideQuest podcast, and uh, I guess we can jump into the news. Um, so I know last time we talked about uh, Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition, but it had kind of only been rumored then, so they actually fully announced it now. And uh, it was basically what we expected, you know, the f- game with all the DLC. But the one thing that was a little bit interesting is that they're actually putting some new DLC into this version. Um, now I can't remember what it was, but I, there was definitely they were talking about it adding uh, a few more bits of content. Um, naturally, it comes in the the royal edition, but if you don't have that, you can pay a little bit extra for it. So, hooray for more fifteen DLC. Yeah, it is honestly surprising how much they are adding to that game. Yeah, and I mean, on top of that, they were like, so we finished the episodes that we wanted, and we have the DLC for the Royal Edition, and we might do more episodes too. And they were talking about uh, doing more episodes for people beyond the main cast, uh, like Luna and um, I forget the name of the chick that helps you out during the party, but... A couple of the other characters might get their own episodes, too, which would be pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah, just kind of wish they actually made a more complete game at first, but, I mean, yeah, 15's development cycle was pretty uh, different. Yeah, yeah. Other than um, that chapter that takes place after the time skip, I didn't think it felt too incomplete. So I could see where the, you know, some of these other things are like, okay, they're just adding additional story. Because I didn't feel like there was a whole lot missing. But then you get to that one spot where it's like, oh, hey, now they're going to open up and do another stuff. And then it was like, nope, you basically just get ferried straight to the next plot point. It was like, oh, I think there was probably supposed to be more there and it probably got cut. Yeah, missing out on World of Darkness stuff was definitely the biggest letdown. Yeah. And then... But yeah, I mean, even like, because yeah, I mean, the those character episodes each deal with like when those characters disappear, and uh, there seems like kind of important stuff happens there. Uh, at the very least, I feel like they got the whole plot across. It wasn't like, 
you know, you're going, oh, I don't know what's happening because the plot's missing. It was like, okay, they can expand on stuff that happened, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I, just... I, I think of, like, for the first Valkyria Chronicles, they had story DLC for that. <laughs> But it was like, okay, we're going to tell you this part of the story from a different character's point of view. And it was like, okay, this is – doesn't feel like it's incom- – the main game was incomplete. They just wanted to expand on, you know, the stuff that happened during this time period from this other character's point of view. Yeah. What was that? Eddie's Squadron? I, I um, that one was I got the name. almost completely, like, uh, ancillary. But I was talking about the one with uh, Silveria. Yeah, that's I mean, that like, was good. Yeah, I was going to mention that one, too, because, like, yeah. it was those two-story DLCs. Yeah. It was like, yeah, but, I mean, that's completely different, too, because that's, like, the war from the enemy perspective. Mm-hmm. But it kind of expands on how they got to that base and some of their skirmishes with other people in the Galleon army. So it's, like, yeah. it's cool stuff to see, but it wasn't stuff that you felt like, oh, man, they totally, like, cut this out of the main game in order to sell it to us. Yeah, it's definitely a slippery slope, though. When you when you do DLC after the fact, some people get super pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rightfully so. No, but I'm, yeah, but I actually, I mean, what I was thinking of was too is like the like Luna Freyna stuff is like her character development was definitely lacking for the supposed relationship between her and Noctis. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And I feel like they kind of. I mean, maybe that stuff was cut, but they also had kind of ambitious plans as far as, like, the movie and the anime and all that kind of extra stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I guess the, I mean, the I, movie I, was mostly expanding on the King's Glaive. I never did end up watching the anime. I yeah, I, I saw the movie and the anime, and they do... I mean, for Luna, they actually do a little bit more for her, so you can get something, but yeah, it's weird. Oh, and there was the demo that took place that was him as a kid. God, that yeah, game had I so never... much crap. <laughs> <laughs> I never did play that demo, but yeah. I Yeah, the anime was just like, was it five episodes? And the first and the last dealt with something, but the middle three were all basically like a character or like prologue for each of his three traveling companions. Huh. So, kind of, yeah, I mean, how much they distributed everywhere for that game was, yeah. I was. It's not unheard of, but for a Final Fantasy, it was definitely, like, a big enough departure that it's just, like, I, you don't really hunt for as many story clues in a Final Fantasy than, like, what fifteen did. Yeah. And, uh... Apparently they're still working on it, so... I was listening to another podcast, and they were joking that, you know, talking about safe uh, announcements, or safe, you know, predictions, and they were talking about, you know, you can make a safe prediction, like, they're going to make a Final Fantasy sixteen. It's like, yeah, of course they are. But it's like, you know, I'm sure they're working on it somewhere, but they sure seem to be going pretty heavy on fifteen still. And fourteen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, fourteen... I don't know if that will ever, when that will end. <laughs> I mean, 11's finally sort of kind of ending. Yeah. Aren't... Yeah, I mean, there there are so many story hooks still in 14 for where it can go, so it's, 
yeah, it, very interesting to see how long it'll hold out. <laughs> Especially because, I mean, it was like the sole moneymaker for a while for Square. Yeah. I mean, they've always got spinoffs and stuff, too. Like, Dissidia just came out, although I think I was reading today that that, that underperformed. Um, but they've always yeah. got, you know, other games coming out. Bravely Default I, was doing pretty well for them and all their mobile shit. I feel sorry for Dissidia because it launched right at the same time as DBZ Fighter and Monster Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if the game was amazing, it was up against some heavy competition and well I haven't really played a lot of the main game for those reasons but it, it's not quite amazing <laughs> based on the demos I mean it's it's alright but it's not you know not got all yeah. the, the hype and everything so so yeah so anybody who skipped on uh, Final Fantasy 15 the Royal Edition might be a pretty good way to jump into that or if you're waiting for the PC version. Or the PC version, yeah. I think that they're only doing the Royal for that, right? It's It just comes with everything. I Yeah, that's what I believe, so. Well, yeah, it's like the attention. PC is uh, just the Royal, and then if you wanted that extra DLC for the PS4 version, you can grab it. Yeah. But yeah, um, and a, uh, actually new annou- announcement, the, uh, there's actually going to be a new Gundam Breaker game coming out, and it's actually coming to the States this time. <laughs> yeah, that'll be cool. This is the yeah. series with the the smaller Gundams, right, that you build together or something? Well, um, this the Breaker series is actually, like, instead of, like, piloting, like, real Gundams, mechs, and all that stuff, it's actually, like, you are building models of them like you would like kind of in real life and then getting to play with them. Yeah. So you can okay. like so it's basically like playing with virtual model kits and you get to construct your own mechs from various parts of of stuff throughout all of like Gundam's history. Can you make a mech out of just the runners? <laughs> no. Damn it. No, I, I know what picture you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, you cannot. <laughs> but yeah, um, shoot, I'm pretty sure the first three Breakers never actually made it to the States. I don't know why I'm thinking the first one might have, but I don't think it did. <laughs> Gundam's one of those weird series where, like, we get some of the games, but not all of them. Well, see, that's the thing that sucks, is th- most of the games we get are the not-as-great games. <laughs> What do you mean? Tim totally spent like 300 hours playing Dynasty Warriors Gundam. <laughs> because yeah. Camille's a man's name and I'm a man, which is a quote from that game. I mean, it's a quote from the original, I'm sure. or from Zeta Gundam. I'm sure it is. It's just, I think that was his like select quote. So like every time people were playing that game, if you selected him, he would say that. So it kind of became a meme in our, our apartment at the time. Yeah, I mean... That that has been a meme for a while. <laughs> okay. Because yeah, I mean the that the main character in Zeta Gundam's name is Camille. Yeah. So yeah, that that came up uh, in the beginning of that series a lot. But um, I mean, we got like the recent couple versus games, and I've heard decent things about those. Oh yeah, I mean that's the thing I was gonna say. It was like uh, 
the newest versus game is definitely a hit, and like we haven't gotten a versus title in the West for a, a long, well, I would say a long time, but I keep forgetting. They they did release the versus forces, the one on the Vita. Yeah, the one on the Vita, which was not liked at all. <laughs> <laughs> I, which is well, like, I, I mean, I actually played was, that one. It was okay. It just, you know, it's on the Vita. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, I mean, from the previous versus games, it was, like, a little watered down. I, I don't remember the specifics because I never got it because of, I, def, I heard the not great things about it leading up to it. But, yeah, it was definitely sort of kind of a slap in the face at the time because it's just like, hey, we're finally releasing a versus game to the West, and it's not actually that great. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want a review of it, there's a review of it on PS Nation by yours truly <laughs> from from someone who is relatively unfamiliar with Gundam. I've seen, like, a few of the shows, but I'm not nearly as involved in it as, like, some of you people are. Yeah, I mean, if it if it wasn't obvious before some, the other stuff I've talked about, I am a big mech fan, and I have watched a large majority of the Gundam franchise. I think there's still a few things that I haven't finished, but, yeah. But, um... Yeah, I mean, Gundam Breaker is this new one. Well, it's funny talking about how it's like they only released the not the best stuff in the West. Was uh, there's actually some changes in this new one that people are kind of iffy about. So yeah, that trend might continue. Uh oh. <laughs> but I mean, I have I mean, full details aren't out yet, so I'm not gonna fully judge it. It's like there might still be a classic mode that's like more like the original games. But one of the biggest things now is that you can, um, I guess, when you destroy other models in combat, you know, you, you like, would get parts, and at the end of a mission, you'd go back to your base, and you could switch parts out. But now it sounds like you can also, uh, when you collect the parts in mission, you can swap stuff out in the middle of a mission. Oh, interesting. So, it's kind of neat. Be like uh, uh, Horizon Zero donning it, you know, knock their weapon off and then use it against them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't know if the menus will be that quickly. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so waiting, I'm op- cautiously optimistic from, I guess, what I've heard. So, but I mean, hey, something in the West, finally. Because, yeah, I mean, I do actually enjoy... Uh, I do build Gundam models myself as well, so... I, Which I do have a really big backlog on. <laughs> it seems to be a common uh, sentiment among Gundam fans is, yeah, I bought another Gunpla, but I'm not going to build it because I have 20 others that I built, bought before that I still haven't built. Yeah, well, I also, unfortunately, this weekend... <laughs> was hanging out with some friends and we went to a model shop and uh, I got uh, convinced to buy a new model of the very expensive variety. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like... Because it, it is a model... It is a suit that I really do like. The um, the uh, Banshee Norn from Unicorn Gundam. Oh, I okay. Mean... I'm actually familiar with that one. <laughs> really? Yes. I watched... Most of Unicorn. Oh, nice. Back when yeah, it was Unicorn airing, though, is... since it was coming out so slow, like, I don't think I ended up watching the last couple episodes, but... Oh, did you actually watch the series? Yeah. 
Like the TV series? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. Because it is originally a seven-episode OVA series, and then like a couple of years later they they cut it to a TV series. Which or, is why there are some episodes that end very abruptly. <laughs> or maybe I was watching the OVAs. I don't know. It it wasn't coming out at a normal, like, you know, week-to-week schedule, as I recall. It was, like, month-to-month. And it was, like, weird. Oh. Yeah, no, like, the OVA... Like, the TV series was airing weekly, but the OVA series was, like, six to eight months between episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I watched some of the TV series, like, after the fact, but, yeah, no, those episodes are cut terribly. Which, I mean, the, the OVAs were, like, hour-long episodes, so it's just like, it's like, you try to cut it for TV and you're just gonna end at a point where it's not a great cut. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, as I, as I said, Unicorno is, I think, my favorite Gundam series. Which is why, I mean, like, I already have a perfect grade unicorn, and I still even haven't built it. And then I was just like, oh, hey, this stop has a perfect grade Banshee Norn. And, and yeah, friend was like, hey, I'll kick in, like, 20 bucks for you to buy it, and that's, like, 10% of its price. Damn. I, yeah. fig- I figured it was one of those, if you buy it, I'll buy it kind of things that we <laughs> often end up doing. That, that's so, that's I mean, how I end up buying Gumpla. It's like... <laughs> Hey, if you buy this, I'll buy that. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he bought his own thing, not that we did a you buy it, I'll buy it thing, but, I mean, his thing was, like, you know, just a regular high-grade model. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, oh, and just for the hell of it, we did also pick up another uh, petite bear guy for a friend who's, like, just collects the entire variety of that line. Yep. I've seen him uh, checking them out at Fanime. <laughs> yep. Uh, Gundam models. Yep. Well, off of the uh, Gundams, um, talked to, last time about uh, Blaze Blue cross team battle and how it was kind of weird that they were splitting up the Ruby cast. <laughs> so apparently they heard people complaining and they announced that the two Ruby DLC characters will both be free DLC. Yeah. So, it'll make it a little bit more palatable to fans of that franchise. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, those are the only original characters in this game. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not original characters, but just, they're not ripping from a previous yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got, get what you mean. Yeah. The only ones that aren't coming from an existing fighting game. Yeah. Um, and they, they announced that the, uh, date would be, um, what was it, July? Naturally, the article I pulled up actually... Or June 5th. June 5th for the U.S. version. Um, for 50 bucks. Or if you want to get the DLC with it, it's 70 bucks. So, I guess. I think it's kind of funny because if you get the base game for 50 bucks, then the DLC bundle is 20 bucks. And since it's, you know, both of those are... You know, forty nine ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Technically, if you buy the digital deluxe <laughs> edition, you're paying one cent more. Oh no, that penny! I know, such a travesty. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is a little nice, at least that the base game is priced a little lower. Though, I mean, with DLC, it does still come out to more than this regular sixty price. Yeah. 
Yep. But yeah, at least the Ruby characters are free. So. The Ruby characters, and then there's also the first DLC pack will be free at launch. So one of those things where you pick it up day one, you can actually anybody could grab the the characters when they're free for that first you know couple weeks. So I guess yeah, the base game. Then I guess if you include those free ones, it's coming with what twenty characters plus those five, so twenty five characters. Which, yeah, I know. You know let- slightly better than when we were saying it was twenty, but still, it's kind of annoying that there's so many damn DLC characters. Yeah. Like, I know Blake is, like, one of the first DLC releases, but it sounds like Yang is, like, they're... I don't even know if they started work on her character stuff yet, so... Mm-hmm. Sounds like she'll be a pretty late release. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah, as, as people have been saying, it's, like, also they've kind of rushed to get this game out because they wanted it in the lineup for Evo. Yep, and that was another thing that was uh, announced recently is the lineup for Evo, which will be including uh, Blaze Blue Cross Team Battle, which is not too... Uh, I mean, it's been a couple of years since Blaze Blue made it into Evo, but it is a little bit weird that it's a game that seems to be kind of being pushed out quickly in order to make it for Evo. Um, although a couple of years ago they had Tekken 7 there, and technically that game wasn't out except for in arcades which was very interesting for an Evo game. Hmm. But uh, there are games yeah. in the Evo lineup. Um, Guilty Gear Rev 2, Dragon Ball Fighters, because, of course, that game's got so much hype <laughs> right now. Um, Smash Wii U, Smash Melee, Injustice 2, and Street Fighter V. And then Tekken 7. So, wow. pretty... Still two versions of Smash in there. Yeah, and that's... It's one of those things where I feel like a lot of people are complaining about it, but at the same time, that community is still very strong for such an old game. Um, yeah. Definitely gets the Twitch views, and like, <laughs> I guess they'd be kind of dumb not to do it, but at the same time, it's still kind of annoying that it's been so long and they're still freaking playing that game. But what can you do? But yeah, very, very anime... Uh, Evo lineup with Guilty Gear, Blaze Blue, and DBZ. <laughs> yeah. Arc system is very. It's like. What is that? Nearly half the lineup? Uh, three of the eight. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what's interesting is what's not there, though, is uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Which, of course, lead, led to a lot of. Uh, <laughs> memes and stuff on the internet the day that that was announced. Um, kind of unfortunate. I I picked up MVC Infinite, and um, I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, it's definitely pretty ugly. The, the game is not very good looking, and they really tried to, like, shoehorn in aspects of, like, the cinematic universe, but I thought the gameplay was actually pretty good. Um, the gems are kind of an interesting addition to the game to really kind of bring out some strategy as far as, like, how you're going to play the game and what things you're trying to go for. And um, I thought most of the characters that were in the game were pretty good. Obviously, it's missing a lot of fan favorites, like Wolverine and whatnot, but... Yeah. A little bit disappointed, because I was hoping that it would make it into Evo and we could see it kind of turn around, like, Street Fighter V's kind of been turning around. The, you know, Arcade Edition is actually doing pretty well, and it seems like People finally have a 
decent opinion of the game, unlike when it first came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, Infinite was like... I, I never picked it up, but I did play that demo they released mm-hmm. but, the when E3, when they did that E3 thing last year. Yeah. And yeah, it did not... The character models were not great. Yeah, they fixed some of them between the demo and the release, but it was still kind of... Some of them were kind of wonky. Although the Monster yeah. Hunter character they had in there, that was primo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is unfortunate, too, because, like, the whole, like, we, we didn't put X-Men in because we don't have the license, but now they have the license back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's, uh... So maybe they'll uh, put those characters in as DLC and turn that one around that way. I don't know. But then again, there's been rumors that they're kind of being told to not work on it anymore, try to sweep it under the rug. Mm. So, I don't know. We will see. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned um, Monster Hunter because uh, they, they, I think it's already pretty much news that it's like the uh, Monster Hunter world is actually getting DLC for uh, Ryu costume. Yep. In fact, I yeah, noticed so that some of them went up today. They have some emotes. Like, you can get in, uh, sure you can emote, or how do can emote? Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's the emotes you pay for, and then they also, for free DLC, you can do the quest to unlock a costume that makes you look entirely like Ryu. Yeah. Which we did but, once, and then we were like, I don't know that it's <laughs> worth it to do it for this low-level armor. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll do it more, but it was because... I don't know if it's out for everyone now, but it was just, like, you could only do it if you had Street Fighter V save data on your PS4. Which we found out wasn't necessarily true, because I have save data from Street Fighter V, because I bought that and played that. But then I just started the quest, and you joined me. Yeah, I mean, you need it to post the quest, but yeah, yeah you can at least join a person who has it, so... I mean, as a, as I said, they they should be releasing it for everyone later. It was just an early launch for people who had that. yeah. But then you got to do it like seven times to get <laughs> enough materials for the armor. Yeah, I, I'm sh- sure that well, I don't know. Drop rates on event items has, has, it can vary too. So that's true. I mean, you need seven coins, but sometimes you might be able to get two or three of the coins in a run. Yeah, we just both happened to only get one the first time. Yeah, and then it was just like, all right, I just go back to st- like the Elder Dragon hunting we were doing at the time. Yep get back to that later but yeah and then also they also announced that um street fighter 5 is actually getting some monster hunter dlc oh i actually didn't see that it's just costumes i assume yeah it's there's gonna be a rathalos zenogre and kirin outfit for street fighter 5 huh. for the people who are familiar with those monsters which the rathalos is a big mainstay of monster hunter series kirin is also Another popular or classic Elder Dragon, even though it's a horse. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, for anyone who's new to the Monster Hunter world, Zenogre is a monster that's not in it, but is another... I think it's a pretty big fan favorite, too. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, apparently it's... um, They'll be releasing one a month, and... To get them, you have to complete a challenge every week of that month. Wow. Huh. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know as much about 
the how Street Fighter Five has those like something about needing to use battle money to do, to actually attempt the challenge. Uh, oh, it's those kind of challenges. Yeah. So in the arcade edition, um, <laughs> I booted it up a couple weeks ago, last month or something after they did the update. And there's like some daily challenges that give you fight money, but then there's also these like super hard challenges that you have to pay fight money in order to try them. And I think those ones tend to have um, bigger rewards for them. So I didn't I didn't bother because I'm trash at that game, so <laughs> I didn't want to waste my fight <laughs> money. But um, yeah, that'd be an interesting way for them to go give away those costumes. Yeah. So, but I mean, it sounds like. If you miss, like, one of the four weeks in that month, you're screwed on getting it. So, I mean, it can also be bad if you have, if you're going away at any point. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Maybe they'll roll them back around at some point. Yeah, it sounds like that's what they're doing in uh, Monster Hunter for the special costumes and stuff. Hopefully. <laughs> I thought I was reading somewhere that they, they didn't announce that they would cycle through some of those things. So, like, the uh, the Watcher one that we've already had would be back at yeah. some point. Okay, that's good. I mean, yeah, because they've never done that. But, well, no, that's not necessarily true. They did do that once before with one of their games, but that was under a different circumstance. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, the... Um, like, the... Uh, port- all the portable games, like, you could just download all the challenge maps and such they gave you DLC costumes for free and you just had it but um the one time they didn't do that before world was Monster Hunter Try which was the Wii version of th- it was like Monster Hunter 3 on the Wii instead of the enhanced 3U version that showed up on the 3DS and the Wii U uh-huh. um but the thing with the Wii was that the Wii itself had so little memory that they couldn't let you download all the que- online quests that they added, huh. so they had them on a weekly rotation so that you could, like, there would be enough. It wouldn't overtax the Wii or something. <laughs> Weird. I don't remember the exact specifics. Jeez. But yeah, I thought that was always funny. But. Yeah, I guess not doing time gated <clears throat> stuff on the portable systems kind of makes sense because it's like, oh, I want to play this on the 3DS. Oh, I can't connect right now because I want to, you know plane or something like it makes sense to them to just let you download the missions but now that it's you know net connected it makes it a little bit easier for them to do you know rotating missions and stuff yeah give you a little more incentive to more log in throughout the times yep what other news we got uh let's see here uh well uh while we were out, they released a couple more Kingdom Hearts 3 trailers. Yeah. And, uh, boy, did that have some information in it. Yeah. And people were very excited for the worlds that they showed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, biggest, I think, the one newest one they added was Monster Hunters, Inc. Getting a world. Monster Hunters, Inc.? Nice. Oh, damn it. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, okay, I've been playing a little too much Monster Hunter. <laughs> Yeah, Monsters, Inc. <laughs> the Pixar film, yes. Yep. <laughs> Too much Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so and then they, they showed off the uh, 
what Sora, Donald, and Goofy will look like in that world, and uh, there were some reactions online to that. <laughs> yeah. Mostly positive from what I saw. Just, or at least people excited yeah. for the fact that they're you know bringing in more Pixar worlds. Yeah, I just remember people like, I don't know, freaking out's the right word or whatever, but it's just like uh, on Goofy's look. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he'll be dead half the time anyways because Donald won't kill him. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you could always cast heal on him yourself. <laughs> like you would do that. <laughs> you gotta save it for yourself when Donald doesn't heal you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and then, yeah, they sh- they showed off, I mean, I kind of go back and forth on watching trailers for it, only because, like, especially with Square Enix, it's so long for it take games to come out, I don't like getting too hyped up about it. Hey, 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 wait. the trailer still says 2018, so, <clears throat> you know, maybe, possibly, if it doesn't <laughs> get delayed? Fingers crossed. I'm just saying, it's just, sometimes I I don't... I might have missed a trailer or two, so I can't remember what was already revealed. Yeah. But yeah, it's some of the... I don't even remember now. Combat mechanics were... looked interesting. And but, uh, apparently there was, like, a brief view of some characters from, like, the DS games and the people who actually care about... Mos- uh, people who care about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts lore were, like... <laughs> Oh my god, there's so-and-so from so-and-so. Oh my god, they're cutting deep. Yeah, they're, they they showed a character from Birth by Sleep, and Birth by Sleep is, I think, my favorite Kingdom Hearts game. Okay. But yeah, that that, that game was really well done. Um, I mean, even though it was, because it was on a PSP, some of the worlds were, or <laughs> all the worlds were a little smaller, but... yeah. I just never ended up playing through it again with the other characters. Like, I played through it once with Aqua, I think. And then there were, like, the two other characters, I think, that you could play through as. And I was like, I started it, and I was like, eh, and then I ADD'd it over to something else. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) it's funny you say, Aqua is also my favorite character. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean... Yeah, I did really like the game, especially with the way that it did magic, where it's like both magic and attack commands were just sort of like abilities that you had slotted, and they once you used them, they went on cooldown instead of having an MP system where you had to like manage MP. Mm-hmm. That I, I did enjoy that of the change to the Kingdom Hearts formula, as well as the. Uh, uh, what did they call that? Where, where basically, depending on how you comboed, you would like switch to an upgraded blade form for a little mm-hmm. bit. And yeah, that yeah, was pretty I did, cool. I did, I did really love the uh, changes they or the upgrades they made to that their battle system. Which, God, when the PS3 remaster came out, it was really sad because the PSP version had a data install to like help you with load times, but the PS3 remaster didn't have didn't install any data, and because of that, there was like a s- one second load time every time you changed blade forms, and it was just terrible. Ooh, wow, yeah. <laughs> Which is why it was just like I, don't, I wasn't necessarily thinking like, oh, if they make a PS4 version, I'll pick it up. 
But it's like because of that load time thing. It's like I, I bought the PS4 version of that remaster when it came out because it was just like, yeah, I can install and not <laughs> deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of want to get that the PS4 version, but at the same time, I don't have time to play the six games in that collection or whatever. <laughs> I guess four yeah. games and two movies. And, and then there's also the 2.8 with another game and stuff. Ah, too much. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, and then they also showed off the Tangled World, which I don't know if that was shown before or not, but... I did notice in the trailer, it makes me really sad. The, the biggest reason I actually wanted Tangled in the newest Kingdom Hearts was that I really wanted the Keyblade from that world to be made of hair and at the, <laughs> at the end of it be a frying pan. <laughs> and unfortunately, that is not the case. Aww. But yeah, I was, I was, I was just, I had hoped for that for some, for a few years. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, no. Well, maybe there's more than one. Maybe you can get another one. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Hoping in the back of my mind somewhere, I guess. <laughs> so the real question is, when are they going to reveal the Frozen World, and how nuts are people going to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Got a frozen World. That yeah. That'll be something. But yeah, it is actually interesting seeing the um, Monsters, Inc., got it right this time, <laughs> uh, Tangled and Toy Story worlds, because they were all 3D animated originally. They weren't, like, 2D to 3D like all the other classic Disney worlds. There's a very interesting video, if anyone's curious. Um, I think it was Digital Foundry did it, where they compared the footage from the Toy Story world with the first Toy Story movie. Which is, mm. at this point, what, 15 years old? 20 years old? And it's like, God. wow, the difference in technology. And <laughs> this is a game that's, you know, running real time versus the movie from back then. And it's like, maybe we finally hit Toy Story graphics in games. <laughs> Quite literally. <laughs> yep. But. Uh, and then, but yeah, that was all the, from the main trailer. But then they also released the new trailer with the new Hikaru theme song for the Kingdom Hearts 3. And everyone had to weigh in on whether they, whether they thought it was better or worse than Simple and Clean. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, most people still like Simple and Clean. <laughs> really? <laughs> Go figure. Gee, this song that was you know a formative part of your childhood is still popular to you. Uh, Go figure. Well, I, I did, uh, it's because they did reuse Simple and Clean as the opening for Birth by Sleep, but they it was a re- remix. Well, because um, uh, Hikaru went on hiatus for a while, right? And she came back oh, to do the song one? for uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, I think. Hmm. I, yeah, I wasn't following any of that. That was I just... take your word for it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that I guess that would make sense. But yeah... No, I was like, because, yeah, I mean, the opening for Birth by Sleep was really good, too. And then, even more so, the um, the Kingdom Hearts 2.8 collection, which has a, basically, after Birth by Sleep section with Aqua in it. It's like the opening theme song to that is Simple and Clean Again with another remix. 
But and then I, I again and I do actually really enjoy the remix too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Simple and Clean has definitely gotten some very big mileage. Yeah, but people like it, so give the people what they want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, um, Dragon's Crown Pro got a release date May fifteenth. That is one that I'm very much looking sight looking forward to for. Even though I spent a lot of time playing the game originally, I'm sure I will drop a bunch of time into this one, too. Yeah, I played the original, but not as much, not that much. I think it just got swarmed out at mm-hmm. the time. Fortunately, I had, you know, a couple people to play with, so we were definitely jumping in there and taking on online missions, which... Kind of like with uh, Monster Hunter, you know, gave me a reason to go back and keep playing. Yeah. Was there? I can't remember. It was it was PS Vita and PS3, right? But Correct. was only one of them able to do online? No, they both did online. In fact, it had cross-play, so you know you could be sitting on the Vita and playing with someone on PS3 and vice versa. Hmm. And the new version, the remake. Will be on PS4, but it'll actually have crossplay to both the Vita and the PS3 versions. So they're going to do a you know minor update to the old two versions to uh, make sure that they can play with the PS4 version, which will be very interesting. I don't imagine that many people will still be playing on those versions, but uh, <laughs> it is nice that if you know you want to, you can. Yeah, it's like you get a friend who gets the. Pro version, it's like, hey, I can join you on my Vita or PS3, because I still have that, I guess. Yeah. It's one of those weird games where you could tell they designed it for the Vita, because there were a few sections that seemed like they were made for the touchscreen, and then they kind of like shoehorned in actual controls. Like, particularly the uh, <laughs> the eating stuff after a quest. I was like, this part actually works better with touchscreen controls. But then, of course, the Vita not being all that powerful kind of struggled with frame rate during some of the the heavier parts of the game. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, anyone else who's excited for that like I am? May 15th? Congrats. What other uh, other news we got? Yeah, uh, actually, interesting. uh, CyberConnect2, if anyone's familiar with that company, made a Announcement of a few new games coming out, and uh, anyone who's not familiar with CyberConnect2, which, uh, <laughs> to a little, no surprises, uh, I like them because they made the Dot .hack games. <laughs> they also made but, a yeah. shit ton of Naruto games. <laughs> yeah, that was the other big thing they've done. Um, but yeah, the it's actually interesting was they announced three new games they're working on. And watch me possibly botch these. Fugue <laughs> <laughs> uh, on the Battlefield, which is a dynamic strategy RPG and adventure story of dog people and cat people, boys and girls. <laughs> Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I guess the, the protagonists are 11 children whose parents were kidnapped by the Empire, and they pilot a huge tank. And huh. then, yeah. So, 
Interesting. And apparently, I, I don't know how this is going to work in the game, but a, a, the tank has an extremely powerful cannon on it, but to use it, that it requires uh, someone to basically give up their life to fire it. <laughs> so, yeah, those 11 children, I guess sometimes you'll have to... I don't know if you'll decide to sacrifice somebody among your casts, but yeah, <laughs> that could be pretty depressing. Yeah? I guess maybe those are soul uh, bullets? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let's see, the uh, other game... Oh yeah, it's like, for all these games, they had like three descriptions, three, and it's like, this one was War, Vengeance, Kimono? But yeah, let's see, the, the uh, second game they announced was Tokyo Ogre Gate, or, or yeah. Which their three word description was schoolgirl, vengeance, steampunk. I am okay with this. <laughs> Let's see, it was a high speed action game that depicts the lonesome battle of a girl in Tokyo, a Japanese, or, or yeah, in Tokyo, and then uh, in the city where ghosts and magic are ordinary. Uh, and it's interesting sights. They just one thing they say is like you will gradually accelerate as you slash enemies, and it's like and the faster you go, the higher your attack power is. Huh. But yeah, so interesting there. Uh, and the last one they announced is Cecily, which their descriptors were Gothic Lolitas, Vengeance, Witches. The same. There's lots of vengeance <laughs> going on here. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, they. Shit, what would they call it? Like, the whole thing is... The Trilogy of Vengeance <laughs> is what the three games are kind of under. Not that they're... I don't, I'm pretty sure they're not related to each other, but I don't think so. Well, yeah, this one's a 2.5D horizontal side-scroller and stylish action game where a blood-stained battle between four sisters unfolds. So, yeah. Um... And, uh, interestingly, the reason why a lot of the details on some, on actual gameplay systems is pretty sparse is that, uh, for all these games, development has not really started yet. <laughs> yeah, that was the weird part. I was like, by the way, here's the games we're making, and we're hiring for them. If you want to work on them, <laughs> let us know. Yeah, so, yeah, I found that interesting that they're like, it's like, we we have these ideas and we are looking for people to help make them. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. So I thought it was pretty interesting I mean, that yeah. they also announced that they would all be worldwide releases. Just yeah, it was pretty nice. ambitious because uh, it's their they're going to be self publishing them as opposed to going through like Bandai that they did for you know Naruto games and you know other companies like they would for other things. So. Publishing them, localizing them, all that stuff. Seems like a lot of work, and I don't don't think they're all that large. I don't know. But Yeah, I don't they're not the biggest of companies. But yeah, it is it's interesting to see a developer go this route and be like, Here are ideas, please come help us. Yeah. But yeah. 
if you, if you didn't like when developers release like a, an early preview of something when uh, wow this uh, this very sets the bar even higher for not liking early trailers <laughs> <laughs> I still don't think it's you know but it's probably more work done on those than there was on Kojima's game when he first showed that <laughs> <laughs> given that he hadn't even picked out like an engine yet and he's like here's the first trailer oh by the way does anyone have an engine I can use <laughs> yeah good old Kojima anywho well uh, NIS America also had a press event where they announced a bunch of stuff a couple weeks ago so uh, Toho Gensa Wanderer getting a remake or not a remake um, like a game of the year edition I guess um, so new version of that coming out with all the DLC and some new stuff I think it's mostly because they're supporting porting it to Switch, but they're also going to do the new version on PS4. Uh, the Lost Child, which is um, I guess some kind of sequel to Shaddai, or El Shaddai, which is a game that I bought and never ended up playing. <laughs> <laughs> I played the demo for that game. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what else did they announce? Uh, trailer for a game called Penny Punching Princess. Which is a very interesting title. A game that's coming to the Vita, of all things, and the Switch. Uh, cast the player as a princess who can bribe enemies to fight for her. And also buy traps <laughs> with the money she collects through fighting. So that sounds like it could wow. be kind of fun. Yeah, and then, okay. they made a big deal out of this game called Labyrinth of Refrain. Um, I had never heard of it before, but they were like, oh, it's finally announced. I'm like, what is um, looks like a dungeon RPG, which is probably the reason I wasn't paying attention to it, because it's a subgenre that I don't particularly care for much. But, um, yeah, there's a short trailer that they put out that looks kind of interesting, so I guess some people are kind of excited for that. Yeah, was that... Because I think, like, it came out in Japan, but it, like, the localization was taking forever. Yeah, that's what I would imagine when they said, you know, finally announced, because... I'm sure it just took them a while to localize it, but... Yeah. Dungeon crawling, or... Yeah, dungeon RPGs, for me, are always weird. I, I like seeing my characters when they fight. Yeah. Not just looking at images of the enemy. Well, it was a subgenre that I feel like got really popular on the Vita the last, like, year or two. Um, like, there's that... That was popular... I, mean, I know it was also popular in... I guess DS, 3DS, with the Eternal Eternal Odyssey? Or Etrian Odyssey? Yeah, Etrian Odyssey. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> that was a big series as well. I feel like there was a lot of companies who were like, we want to make a game like that, but then they put it on Vita because trying to corner a market, I guess. I don't know. But definitely had to review a few of those, and I was like, these are, you know, I can see why people like them, but for some reason they just never really seemed to grab me, I don't know. Yeah, and then, I'm, I don't, I can't say for the whole genre, I'm sure there are some that aren't like this, but I feel like a lot of them are like where you recruit characters, like just sort of generic characters to be the fighters, mm -hmm. and so you don't get a lot of character development because a lot of the people you're fighting are just, like, because you get to pick kind of what character class you want to recruit, and so yeah, yeah, exactly. they're not actual characters to develop. 
Yeah, it's usually like the only characters that are in the story are like these side characters that you know aren't you aren't actually playing as or whatever. It's kind of yeah. weird. Um, and then they also put out a new trailer for uh, Witch and the Hundred Night Two, which is again a game. I think I bought the first one of that, and I never ended up playing it. <laughs> yeah, I I played the first level of that game, and yeah, I it it's I remember it's not like it was like bad, but it was more like I needed to kind of better learn how it was how the combat worked and then it got again I was like I need to actually pay attention when playing this and I'm tired from work and I'm playing other stuff and oh this ended up in a backlog <laughs> yep yep that is the that is what happens to a lot of games far far too many games I say as I stare yep. at Secret of Mana and Dissidia that are <laughs> sitting next to my PS3 collecting dust as Monster Hunter still sits in the system <laughs> yeah. Th- this is why I've developed a thing now where uh, if there's a multiplayer game, I buy it digitally. That way I can just always have that booted up and I can have a single-player disc in the system. Yeah, I still like my physicals, but I definitely, like, for Destiny 2, I went with digital because of that. Because it was kind of nice when I upgraded from Taken King and I had the digital one. And I was like, oh, I can start it whenever I want? That's This is nice. So I, maybe I should have done that for Monster Hunter, but I just ended up getting the physical. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I still I do like like uh, I do like having physical discs as well. But yeah, I do that for single player games. Hmm. Well, I think that's about it for news and stuff. I guess we can. Uh, we've been alluding oh, a lot to it? some of the games that we've been. Huh? Sorry. Oh, I was like, I thought they announced at least one other game, or a couple other games. I guess, was that a different Nice uh, announcement? Or I guess that was just an NIS announcement. They Well, they announced a couple other games that weren't for PlayStation systems. So, I mean, yeah. the port of um, East 8 for Switch, I think, got a release window, and then they announced like a couple Steam games and a couple other Switch games. Oh. So the list I was looking well, I mean, at, that was, the only, that was all that I had. Huh. I'm, no, like, I actually, what I'm looking at, I think they don't have any uh, platform announced yet. Oh, really? But, uh, yeah. Um, this, the, one of the games was actually, they're doing a high-resolution remake of the original Disgaea. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. I, for whatever reason, yeah. that wasn't on the news page I was looking at. Yeah. I think it was, I think NIS of America did their own announcement, and then regular NIS did a separate thing, so, I mean... I, the, the Nippon Maybe. Ichi that's in Nippon. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so it's like, yeah, they've original Disgaea remade with their more high-resolution sprites that have been in their most recent games, as well as a, a game that sounds interesting as Liar Princess and the Blind Prince. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I think the art looked pretty good for that, too. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't reveal a whole lot besides, like, some key art, as I recall, but... Yeah, it's a yeah, as as briefly described here, a uh, story, the a love story of the interactions between a monster that takes the form of a princess and a blind prince. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, I was just that's like the one 
like that and the Disguise remake are the only other things that I'd heard about. Yeah, I imagine the Disguise remakes would it would make sense if it was PS4 and Switch, based on their current trajectory and everything. Yeah, and I think they've been doing PC releases too, right? Yeah, they released the original Disgaea on PC, but they haven't. And they've done a few other ports, but I don't know that they've really gotten up to like the latest few game Disgaea games. I don't know. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, yeah, both of those platforms unannounced yet, but pretty good chance of being on PlayStation systems. Yep. So now I guess we're done with the news. <laughs> Can uh, jump into some of the games we've been alluding to that we've been playing. You want to go first? Sure. And I mean, I'll, I'll start with the biggest one of all. <laughs> I even said I'd be talking about last month. But uh, yeah, Monster Hunter World, because, wow. Yeah, I was looking forward to this, and it did not disappoint in so many ways. <laughs> yeah. Because, oh I mean, I've been... I got into Monster Hunter back on the um, Monster Hunter Freedom Unite, which is the portable portable version of Monster Hunter 2, because mm-hmm. that started out on the PS2. But yeah, <laughs> it's like that PSP version. Yep, playing with that with friends is pretty much the only way I got into that series, because, yeah, playing that alone, I would, I would not have gotten into this series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, anyone new to World, yeah, older Monster Hunters are... More obtuse than even than World, and I mean, I, I don't find World obtuse because I'm so used to the formula. But I know certain, I know a lot of new people do mm-hmm. some things. Um, yeah, it's funny too because with the original or with the PSP versions of the game, because the PSP didn't have a second analog stick, the the analog nub was used for movement, and the D pad was used for camera. So you either had to be very good at moving your character or the camera, or you did the famous claw method. The claw! Where you, <laughs> where you put your thumb on the analog now and wrapped your index finger around to use the D-pad for camera. Yep. I I didn't play a whole lot of that game, but I was very familiar with people and people contorting their hand to play that game. <laughs> it's like, yeah. that seems like a bad way to get arthritis. <laughs> yeah. The funny part about that, though, was that I actually got into Monster Hunter late enough that the Vita was already out. So I, like, you know, downloaded the game digitally to the Vita. And you on the Vita, what was nice was you could map... If you were playing a PSP game, you could map the right analog stick to act as the D-pad. Yeah. So I never actually had to do the claw. I, I actually had an analog nub on the Vita for camera, which was so much better than even attempting the claw. Yeah. But I know some people who got used to it on the PSP, and they're like, oh, well, now I'm just going to keep doing it even though I'm playing it on a different system. (laughs) So I don't think you can actually do that in World anymore, but you can definitely still Uh, do it when you were playing on the Vita. Yeah, I don't... I think I saw an option to remap camera to D-pad, but because, yeah, they're using the D-pad for more item stuff now. But, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I mean... I, what's your, what's your uh, playtime at now? Oh, God, I don't even know. <laughs> it's so long. It, I, it's probably very long. 
Yeah, I mean, I can definitely, I can tell you my monster hunter rank, or my hunter rank is up at 59. Wow. I'm up to. Yeah. I think I I finally hit 20 yesterday, last night. Oh. Oh, you actually beat the final boss? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know you had gotten that far. I knew you were on the researching all three part, but uh, I guess you got past that at some point. Yep. Thanks to SOS Flares. <laughs> yeah. Multiplayer is... God, I'm going to say it's a lot more easier, but so many people don't think that. <laughs> it's... Coming from the world of modern multiplayer games, it's a little obtuse and... Especially at the very beginning where it's like, hey, you're doing a new mission. Oh, but you can't actually get help until you've seen the cutscene halfway through the level. Yeah, I've heard so many complaints about that, but I just, I can't agree with it. I mean, I get, I guess, I get it's not perfect. I will agree with that. But it's just like, at least people can join you for story quests because in every other game before this, the single-player missions were completely separate from the multiplayer missions. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, so it's like you had your single-player storyline, and then, I mean, you could go to the multiplayer area and do uh, a, a whole other set of quests there. So, I mean, it was it's just like, hey, you can actually do the whole main story with other people. I mean, I get there's the cutscene lock, but I also, like think that uh, sometimes it's better to fight some of those monsters just by yourself to actually get a better at learning them and getting used to your weapons. Because the other thing about online play is that there are two scales of monster HP. Single player and multiplayer. So if you invite one other person, that monster now has the HP scale as if four people are fighting it. Yeah. So, I mean, and yeah, it's the monster can get distracted with the other person, and so well, you and might not when you learn. Well, when you have two people, you also have both Palicos, which is helpful. Yeah, Th- those can be good, especially if you still have them on the healing sprays, because then you get so much free health. <laughs> Vigor wasps everywhere. <laughs> you get a Vigor wasp, and yeah. you get a Vigor wasp. <laughs> yeah, but then it's like you start, once you... You know, you get better and you don't need as much from them. You can switch them to the plunder blade so that they can steal extra drops for you. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I, I don't, I, I just got so much laughter out of it when I finally unlocked it. The Meowlatov cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. I mean, it's, it's a stupid pun. And I mean, I know you love stupid puns. But <laughs> yeah. But it's just so great. I mean, like, it, like I was the first one to unlock it in our group. And when I said that over chat, like, everyone was just laughing. It was so great. Uh, but yeah, that, that's the other great thing about Monster Hunter. It's just that, I mean, it's like, yeah, you're fighting really large, scary monsters. But there's just also a wonderful, humorous absurdity to some of the armor and all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, even, God, eating, like, the, all the different cooking animations for when you eat before a mission, so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, interesting thing I did, because I, since I'm a veteran to the series, or I'm going to call myself a pro hunter, but not because I think I'm one of the best of the best, but just because I like Hunter x Hunter. 
Um, but yeah, I actually, I beelined through a lot of the, uh, story quests without doing too much grinding for some of that low rank gear. And I mean, I just, I had so much fun just fighting new monster after new monster. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, I mean, the progression in older games was, uh, they didn't, like, they, they're kind of added story in some of the older games. But it was very, a lot more sparse. And also, they didn't tell you what missions you needed to do to advance the story. They just like, here's a list of monsters for this star rank. Have fun guessing which ones advance the story. <laughs> which, I mean, people would just go online and be like, oh, these are the couple that advance the story, that you need to advance the story. But it was nice in this one that it was just sort of dedicated storyline ones so you knew what to do to advance mm-hmm. yeah they have their own section here's the here's the main ones and here's the optional ones and here's the investigations and all split up <laughs> <laughs> yeah how did uh, you like the game or uh, the progression of the game yeah I thought it was it was pretty decent I mean like I said it uh, um I thought it was a little bit weird, like the whole cutscene thing, <laughs> just because I'm used to other games where it's like you can still multiplayer them. So I felt a little bit weird because, like, you know, I came in because I was in Africa when the game came out. You guys had already been playing for, like, a week. So it felt kind of weird because the first week I'm sitting there and I'm grinding out these, you know, solo missions while I'm hearing you guys talk about, you know, all the stuff that you guys are playing together, which... I guess partially get you know gave me motivation to get up to that point, but it was also like <laughs> I feel like I'm being left out. So, but otherwise, like yeah. you know, mission progression, progression wise, it was kind of the same as you, where I didn't focus too much on like grinding, and so I kind of had a hodgepodge of armor because it'd be like, oh, I finished a mission, let me go see if I can make an armor. Oh, I can. All right, I'll make this one, and then <laughs> you know another mission. Okay, now I'll make this one. So I'd you know have a bunch of different armor from different sets. Yeah. I mean, and it's so great that that's so much more viable now. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wanted to know how you did in low rank because, yeah, the low rank armor for the game is, ha, requires so much, many less materials than it has in previous games, which really helps, I, I think, helps a lot of new people get into the game where it's like, They'd only, like, fight a monster once, maybe twice, and they could build, like, a piece or two right away. Yeah, that was usually which... my my experience, is after fighting the enemy once, usually I could build at least one of their pieces. Maybe I'd be short, like, one or two parts, and so sometimes I'd, you know, skip one and then just go on to the next monster and hope I could, you know, build something there. But I yeah. feel like I was, you know, consistently upgrading my armor as I was playing through the low rank stuff. Once I got to high rank, it was a little bit slower, and I, I basically grinded out the Zora Magdara set, and then just used that for the entire <laughs> high rank story set. <laughs> nice. Yeah, because, um, yeah, I mean, in previous Monster Hunter games, the grind for gear was long, which, I mean, it, it pretty much seems like that's what it's, it's back to its usual case in high rank, but I, I really am... It's really nice that in low rank they lessened it because, I mean, really, low rank gear in the long run doesn't matter. And by lessening the grind for that gear, it helps new players get into the series mm. more. 
And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that was a great change, as well as the armor skill change, where it's like every piece of armor has, like, an actual point of a skill that does something right away, instead of <laughs> the wonderful thing of uh, older armor, or older game armor sets, was that, like, a thing, an armor piece would have, like, three points for a particular skill, but to get that skill to activate, you need to get it up to, like, uh, ten points across all of your armor pieces. Oh, wow. Meaning that if you actually wanted, like, certain skills, you'd need to build several pieces before you got anything. Oh, yeah. So, it's nice that now it's just like, hey, you build one armor piece, you get, like, one point into something. Yeah, you get, like, the low version of it, and then you gotta, if you want more in that skill, or to get, like, better version of the skill, you know, instead of having attack up, you know, plus three... You can get up to, like, attack up plus ten, you just gotta have multiple of that skill. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... I, I do really like that they rebalance it that way, and it makes making mixed sets a lot more... a lot easier. It's like, I say viable, but yeah, mixed sets were what Endgame is all about, even in the older games where you had to, like, mix and match those different point totals. <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, I do... It is really nice, a lot of the things they streamlined in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, I don't even think I mentioned the weapon I use. But yeah, I actually... Um, pref- I main uh, the greatsword a lot. I, I do love that weapon, because... And just using its charge attacks, it's like you, you're just standing there charging it, and, and when you time it right, smack a monster right in the face for a big-ass huge number of damage. <laughs> But yeah, and then um, I've also in one of the previous game in the game it came out it was Monster Hunter Four. You the insect glaive is also a really fun weapon to use because it's like you get to use that to actually it has its its own built-in vault or vault where you can actually like jump from uh, just where you're standing and you can do a bunch of aerial attacks from it. And it's like, it's so much fun to just dance around on top of a monster. But, Until uh, B-52 yeah. knocks you out of the sky with the <laughs> Uh, good old B-52. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, what was, what do you, you like using? I've exclusively been using the bow. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't branched out from that. Uh, I tried a few other things in training mode and just haven't ended up playing them in an actual mission. Like, I was trying the hunting horn just to see if that was interesting. Because I, I normally like playing kind of, you know, support classes in games. So I was like, that would be kind of interesting to try. So it seemed pretty fun in the training mode, but I haven't, you know, built one to take into an actual uh, mission yet. Hmm. Well, at least that is one other neat thing about the game is that, I mean, like, as you're, as you're, like, doing different monsters and, like, you know, helping friends out is, like, you know, you can get materials and, like, you know, you get to the end of the game and you're, like, you're just using the bow, but I'm sure you have a decent amount of materials. You could build a pretty near endgame viable hunting horn right away. Uh, I think since I kind of basically just finished the game, I don't have a ton of materials because I've, you know, been slowly, you know, using them from other stuff. Um, but I could probably at least, you know, go up one of the trees if I wanted to. I haven't really looked into it, but 
I'm sure there's like one of the the bone tree for the the bow. That one was pretty quick. And if there's something like that for some of the other other weapons, I'm sure that would be pretty fast because you know grab those bones from those bone piles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, bone piles. I think I have a bounty out for that right now. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, I just, I'm not sure what else there is to talk about. I feel like there is something. <laughs> but yeah, I it is really I, I do really like that a lot more people are getting into the series because there it's like it's like a lot of different boss fights and like the monsters are all very can be very uh, varied. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's kind of uh, it's kind of interesting because I was watching some videos, um, you know, while I was doing stuff the other day, and people who were fans of the series, but then they were kind of concerned before World came out because they were mentioning a lot of stuff with like, oh, we're streamlining this, or you know, we're making this easier, we're making it more accessible, and there was definitely some fears that it would kind of dilute or dumb down the experience. But I don't know. Is that do you think that's true? Does this one feel diluted, or does it? You know, just as deep, just with some quality of life upgrades. I'm, I mean, yeah, as I said, it's like, I feel like they did streamline a lot, especially for low rank, and that helped people get in, but the high rank experience feels pretty close to, a, like, a Monster Hunter experience, mm-hmm. which, I mean, they still like some, some other streamlined stuff, like, I'm so happy now that you just have an unlimited whetstone to resharpen your melee weapons. <laughs> that's nice. Um, the auto, there's the auto crafting that's a little streamlined. I mean, might help a little too much, but yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I am really happy about is that, um, your inventory is now split three different ways. Uh, previously, I mean, hell, I think going far enough back it was only one inventory box but it's like at least the more some of the more recent games had like you know you had an item pouch and an ammo pouch but even better now is you have a third pouch that is uh, basically monster drops so that way any drops you get you don't have to worry about taking up you don't have to worry about needing inventory slot like to like toss consumables because you've got a bunch of different monster drops yeah. So, I mean, it, it has encouraged... Like, I've sometimes had a more sparse equipment on me in previous games because I didn't want to accidentally crowd out my inventory. But yeah, now I'm definitely... It's a lot easier for me to, like, have flash bombs, screamer bombs, dung bombs, barrel bombs all on my inventory, and I don't have to worry about missing drops. Mm-hmm. Just makes it longer when you're scrolling through stuff in the the menu. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I'm, I've definitely enjoyed it. Uh, so, oh, I guess one thing is, I I'm assuming they've done better on their hitboxes because if they're on PS4, because yeah, they're like, sometimes some monsters would. Oh God. <laughs> Not that this monster's in this game, but the legendary Plesioth hip check <laughs> is an attack that will hit you when you think you're not in it. But yeah, that that was a that's a pretty famous monster for older hunters. I don't think it was a hitbox thing, but the other day I was fighting uh, Diablos, and I'm like close to the uh-huh. wall, and he charges at me. I dodge to the side, 
and I'm alive for a second, and then all of a sudden he like slides along the wall, and his I guess his sliding made his hitbox hit me because then I took the damage like a second later, and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> well, I guess I didn't, <laughs> didn't get far enough away. Yeah, there's not a thing expecting where that. If a, <laughs> if a monster charges at a diagonal enough wall, they'll they'll go along it instead of just hitting it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Diabolus is a real fun monsters to deal with. <laughs> their their charges are oh god the new the new attack that Diabolus has got. I honestly don't want to spoil it because yeah the first time I witnessed it I was like holy shit <laughs> it's like run <laughs> yeah yeah I, Monster Hunter is a game that I've always liked. It's like they they make different monsters. I mean sure. There are monsters that are a little similar that have like like kind of things, but there there definitely a is a decent variety to the way monsters attack and move, and I've always loved that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and uh, also they've as like we talked about how there's like free costume DLC, but they're also adding in more monsters throughout the time, like. Uh, I know for the sprint, the free spring update, like all, I'm pretty sure all the monsters are going to be free. The only paid stuff is like the gestures and stuff, like the because the Hadoken is just an emote. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it can do da- it can do two damage, but yeah. It's... Wait, it actually does damage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Hadoken and the uh, what was the other one? Sure, uh, you can. Sure, yeah. They both do like two damage, which. I've seen people make video clips where they get the killing blow with them, but I mean, <laughs> of course, they're definitely. I mean, like when I do like 400 plus damage with a, a charge or a greatsword charge, I'm just like, yeah, it's not a competitive damage that you're like paying to win here. It's just sort of, yeah. And my bow only does like 20 damage. But it also does multiple hits, usually. Yeah, I mean, you multi-hit. I have to, like, stand in front of a monster for, like, a few seconds, like, please don't hit me while I'm charging this, please don't hit me while I'm charging this. Well, I, I get a little bit of that when I do the Dragon Piercer. Yeah. Which, oh my god, when you get a Dragon Piercer that goes, like, straight through the enemy, and you see it pop up, like, ten hits, like, thirty damage each, you're like, oh yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I bet you had uh, fun lining that up on the final boss. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that guy's got a big body for that yep. to go through. <laughs> but yeah, I was um, mostly trying not to die to lava. <laughs> yeah, that that's a good uh, thing to do. Yep. But yeah, I mean the the armor sets, weapons, and new and monsters are all gonna be free and yeah as I was saying the spring update is gonna bring back uh, everybody's favorite Devil Joe which is uh <laughs> the B-52 before B-52 <laughs> <laughs> so he's because, the yeah, he's he was... the pre-52 <laughs> <laughs> yeah cause yeah he's another monster that w- was the one that would show up on like every landscape and just sort of it's like, hey, I see you're fighting that guy. Uh, I'm just gonna run in and uh, sort of have fun with you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, in the previous games, the monsters didn't fight 
each other nearly as much as this one. It would really just be the Devil Joe that was sort of like crashed a party. But yeah, it is... Yeah, that's the other thing I didn't think about was, again, the new game now, it's like you have all this extra environmental interactions with, like, monsters fighting each other, finding traps, like, with actual, in, within the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's the one thing. I I remember when we first saw the game at E3 and they showed, like, him going up there and then, you know, another monster showed up midway. And I was like, oh, it seems like it could be, like, you know, scripted or something. But that actually does happen a lot. And I feel like there's a lot of good emergent gameplay that comes out of it. I mean, now that I've put, you know, 50 hours into the game, it's it's less special when you're like, oh, I'm fighting Rathlos and Rathian showed up. It's like, okay, I've, you know. But it's still pretty cool when, you know, you're you're fighting something and all of a sudden some other monster shows up and they start, you know, duking it out. And you're like, all right, I'm just going to sit over here and watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still, I never thought this would happen. Like, I mean, the, regular monsters fighting each other is like, you know, I knew that was a thing. Man, there was this one time we were fighting a, a... I never remember the full name. I always just say Kusha. It was like Kushala Dahara. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like one of the Elder Dragons. It's like a classic Elder Dragon. Um, we were fighting it, and it sort of was like, you know, it was like running to the next area, so we ran after it. And I've never seen this before and never seen it since. But Teostra showed up. And they started fighting each other. And it's like, I still have yet to see another Elder Dragon fight another Elder Dragon huh. on the same map before. And it was just like, it was amazing. Because they both, like, they just went at it. And they did, like, 2,000 damage to each other. <laughs> I was just like, and the, the hilarious part was, was that, like, I mean, they fought. And then, you know, like, ta- they sort of, like, ran in different directions. But, like, not only did Teostra run away... But then it also popped up, Teostra's leaving the area. It's like, he really peaced out after that fight. <laughs> I just love it when they fight because they drop so many materials. He's like running afterwards and you're like, hey, a whole bunch of materials. And from a monster I wasn't even hunting. So, free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just... I love that game. And I actually do feel like I might have played it a little too much at once. But you saw, I mean, I'm trying to scale back playing it and rotating around a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just... But yeah, I, I do have a lot of fun with that game. But, uh... Yeah, I guess we should talk about some another game. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I guess, I mean... <laughs> the, the thing Monster Hunter really killed, uh, Destiny 2, I played a little bit of that this past month. <laughs> so little. Yeah, um, same. <laughs> Yeah, because this past week was the uh, Crimson Days event, which I, I really didn't do much of. I just happened to like notice that Dave posted he wanted to do the raid because there was some ornament that dropped for the crim- for Crimson Days. So I was like, yeah, sure. Hopped on, did the raid layer with him. Had, had some fun there. But, that was yeah, basically I all I did, too. Hey, Dave's <laughs> doing another raid. I'll, I'll pop in and do a raid and get the ornament. Okay, now I'm done. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't really played too much of it other than that. Um, yeah, God. this was great too, though. Uh, not only did Monster Hunter come out, but like within the same week, I mean, we talked about Dissidia, Dragon Ball Fighter, but yeah, Final Fantasy XIV also got a major content patch. <laughs> so yeah, I was uh, playing around with that too. 
And, um, yeah, so much time on two games. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot added. There is a new main story quest, which this was patch 4.2. And as, like, as I talked about in 4.1, the, the story in 4.1 was that it was sort of picking, it was sort of the aftermath of the, the main patch, uh, the 4.0 story. It was, like, dealing with some of the aftermath and, um, like, dealing with kind of some redemption stuff, and it was great. And this new story is sort of um, starting to sow the seeds of the actual uh, new story line that's going to take place, as well as sort of still dealing with some of the redemption, like, what... Um, character arcs because yeah the the 4.0 story was actually kind of split between two locations and so yeah the 4.1 story dealt with like you know aftermath in one location and now the 4.2 is aftermath in the other location and and again starting to sow the seeds of this whole post patch or yeah post expansion storyline and uh, yeah they're quite a few things set up, and this could go very interestingly. <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, they added a new raid tier to the Omega raid, which the first tier was actually Final Fantasy... shoot, 5? Based on Final Fantasy 5? So, like, the final boss was actually X-Death, for people who have played Final Fantasy 5, as well as the other three bosses in the tier were... Uh, based from Final Fantasy V. This new tier is based on Final Fantasy VI. So, <laughs> what was great, the first fight was against Doom Train. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> but yeah, so there's just like, I, it's great too because the way they set up the storyline is that Omega has sort of pulled all different monsters from different folklore and stuff. Because like, so, like, the stories of Final Fantasy V and VI are, like, like actual, like, folklore stories in XIV's world. And so, like, it's really hilarious when, like, the characters are commenting. It's like, wait, your first opponent is a train. I'm not sure how that fight's gonna work, but good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's that's the fun part about fourteen is that it does incorporate a lot of different Final Fantasy, like actual, the other Final Fantasy worlds within its own world, whether it be through sort of just like there being folklore or some actual connections. Like, I think I mentioned the 4.1 raid was sort of based off of Final Fantasy XII's world as well. And, like, in the original 2.0 version of the game, there's a raid that's the Crystal Tower raid. It's based off of Final Fantasy III. Like the final boss of that entire raid chain is World of uh, Cloud of Darkness. So yeah, I mean it's it's fun to see that stuff, but uh, as I'm sure people have figured out, as I said, Doom Train was the first boss, final boss, obviously Kefka. <laughs> yeah, of course. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, that fight was. I mean, I haven't done the Savage fight, and I'm pretty sure I'm not going to, because that's. Not a level I play on, but yeah, the uh, it was interesting because like you actually like have to 
do the opposite of some things because he's actually screwing with your ability to predict stuff. Because Kefka. Fucking Kefka. Sounds about right. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just story stuff. Uh, another A great feature they added was they sort of expanded Glamour, which it's, an, I mean, it wasn't what everyone really wanted, but it definitely is helps people with dealing with making their character look more unique. Because one of the problems was, like, all the casters in the game all sort of shared an armor set. So if you wanted your uh, black mage to look different than your summoner, uh, you couldn't quite do that because they both used the best gear. was, like, generic between the two. But now you can create glamour plates that you can apply over equipment instead of applying it directly to the equipment, which doesn't sound that different, but it is. <laughs> is uh, it, so is this like like a lot of MMOs do, where you can make your armor look like a different set of armor? Yeah. I mean, that, that system already existed in the game, where you would just like apply one piece of gear as look over another piece of gear directly. But now you can create an entire outfit and then just apply that outfit over what you're currently wearing, and it doesn't permanently affect the gear. It's okay. just sort of like you, you have different outfits you can equip. Well, I kind of so want to like that Monster Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter has never really had that, but yeah. Some of those some of those late game ones, like, this has good skills, but man, it's ugly. I don't know if I want to <laughs> buy it. You don't want to go around with a skull for your helmet? Uh, I was doing that for a while. <laughs> right now I have, I, the, I have the veil from uh, Val. Ah, Val Hazak. Yep. Still, he, he gets... Once you learn him, he is, I think, one of the easier Elder Dragons. But my god, your first fight with him and like his opening cutscene is like... Just amazing. Yeah. And we're back to Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, so it's like they... It's nice that they expanded the glamour options because they also added something called Fashion Report, which is a weekly challenge to... The one character gives you a few uh, um, hints as to what you should make your character look like, and you can... Uh, so you can compete in that and try to get some additional currency that is used in the gold saucer, which is fun. So it's like, yay, more gambling. <laughs> yay, um, loot boxes. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> no, no, not a loot box. Like actual, literal gambling, but within a yep. video game, so not actual, literal gambling. <laughs> yep, you can get some more MGP so you can buy more triple triad cards. So you can... Wait, do they come in random packs? No, they don't. Oh. The most <laughs> random thing is that there are certain NPCs that you can... Like, there are NPCs out in the world you can go play Triple Triad with, and they will get... They like can have, like, two to four cards that they'll give you if you win, but it's random which one they give you, so sometimes you have to replay them a lot. Which... 
I wasn't even going to mention it, but hey, it got brought up anyway, so I'll say it. They, they actually added a quality of life that you can now tell if the NPC that you go up to, actually, if you've gotten all the cards that they can give you or not. Which, for the couple other people in our group that really are into it, they're, like, so happy. <laughs> I'm sure most of that information's online anyways, though, right? Um, yeah. But it is a little more annoying to cross-check it. But yeah, it's just nice just to like have that quality of life of just like seeing the icon above their head, being able to tell you if you need to fight them or not for more drops. Yeah. But yeah. Um, another great thing is they added a new beast tribe for uh, you to... Uh, I'm not sure what the word I'm looking for is. <laughs> But yeah, they added a new beast tribe for you to do quests with, which are always kind of actually interesting storylines when you get into them, because like in the original 2.0, the beast tribes were like mainly the tribes you were fighting, so you were like, wait, they're, you sort of are surprised at first that they're actual like peaceful versions of, or not versions, uh, tribes of that race. And so it's like, so you can like see the storyline, you can sort of see from their perspective. And then, like, you know, as, like, the new expansions have come out, you actually, it's, you, you go into them more knowing that there are actual, like, not all the beasts that are fighting, the more intelligent beasts that are against you are, as, are bad. And, yeah, this new one was interesting, because it actually, if you did the side quests in the area of this beast tribe, some of those characters actually come into this storyline, and it was neat to see them again. Cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, one one last thing. Um, I think I mentioned before that it's like because of our free company, we have airships. Um, but they actually introduced now um, underwater or subaquatic ships for you to now build as a free company Did and send out for stuff. Weren't your ships, your airships, named after <laughs> the submarine characters from that one anime? Yes. <laughs> I was wondering if you'd remember, but I was so, going to say so, it anyway. So now what? Now what do you name the... <laughs> well, no, I mean, but the thing is, in that show was the main character was a submarine, but the other ones were more, like, cruisers and battleships. Oh, okay. So, I, we... I can't remember if we had one named Iona right away, but yeah, we, we named the submarine Iona, and then like all the four other ones are named after the battleships. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, they're making submarines, we can legit name this Iona now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, getting a lot of fun with that. Um... Honestly, like, it been playing so much Monster Hunter. I actually, just yesterday, finally got around to doing the new dungeon in the in 14. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, because, yeah, it's split the time between those two so much. Um, but, yeah, that's been taking up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, put Warframe on here, but I really haven't played that much of it. But yeah, I mean, I still in, enjoying Warframe every now and then. Uh, they actually just, they, like a week ago, released a really big balance patch. 
sorry. Uh, yeah, the um, it's, it's nerfed a few abilities on some characters, which some people aren't the happiest about. But they also sort of reworked a few other characters to make them a little more viable, as well as a lot of different weapons received some tweaks. I haven't fully gone into it because there are a lot of weapons. But uh, yeah, it is nice to see that not not as often as some people would like, but they do try to go back to some characters and make them more viable. Like, um, I think the biggest one was Zephyr, a uh, Warframe that is mainly about, like, dealing with air stuff. Is uh, It's like, its first two abilities were, like, would its first ability would launch it into the air, and its second ability would make it dive bomb onto the ground and deal damage. And so... They actually combine those two abilities into one, and so that way, if more, it's like if you're on the ground, you'll launch up, but if while you're in the air, you look down and press the same ability, it will launch you to the ground to deal damage, and then they were able to give her a new ability, which let her shoot. What was it? I think it was shoot a blast of air. That was did oh, shoot. I don't remember. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's nice that they rework stuff. Um, but yeah, then uh, I guess the last thing I really played was Iconoclasts, which I just sort of randomly decided to pick up on PSN. I've heard a little bit about the game, but I don't, I don't, I guess I didn't absorb a whole lot of it. <laughs> I heard it was pretty I don't good. Know, I just, yeah, it just sort of like looked a little pixely, or not fully, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a 2D game, sort of, kind of Metroid-y, where you, like, get different abilities to help you advance and stuff. And there's also, like, a actual storyline to the game, which is weird. <laughs> like, it, it deals with, like, you're on this... Pretty sure it's not Earth. You're on this other planet, because people landed there a while, like, a long time ago. But there's this stuff called ivory, which generates a lot of electricity so people started, like, really using it but I guess the it's not exactly the best uh, I don't remember, <laughs> I'm watching this but, but yeah it's like, and then, like, so, like, they're the main government sort of controls ivory as well as is not exactly happy with people doing other stuff and it can yeah, it's it's a weird thing. <laughs> but, I mean, it was... I, I, I mean, it's weird because I'm trying to make sure I don't say spoiler details, like, that just are, like, main or end-game reveals. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was interesting to watch, or interesting to play through, and the, the one annoying thing was, like, oh, it's, like, her... the main... main character, Robin... Her, she's a mechanic, and so her her melee weapon is actually a wrench, and uh, you do actually sometimes like have to like throw uh, hit the wrench on things to like crank them to open doors. <laughs> Just reminded me of Ratchet and Clank. <laughs> but yeah, I will say sometimes there are a couple times that getting the wrench to hit a couple things sometimes was a little off, but not like the worst or anything. But 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun to play through. I beat it not that long ago. And, uh, yeah, that final boss was interesting. But, uh, and I said that was the last thing I played, but <laughs> I actually had uh, picked up for the 3DS the Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology, which is a remake of the DS game Radiant Historia. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I had got the DS game, everyone's going to, this is going to sound so familiar to everyone, played it for a little bit, stopped playing, never got back to it, backlog, yada yada. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, I honestly, I pre-ordered this, and I was, cause I was, I do that where I'll just pre-order something on Amazon just to get it on a list. Totally forgot about it. <laughs> Came in the mail, and I was like, oh right, I was thinking about this and whether or not I'd cancel that pre-order. Guess I'm not canceling that pre-order. <laughs> but, um, unfortunately, when I put it in my 3DS, it's like, it was like, opened up my 3DS, told me there was an update, did the update, I mean, for the 3DS itself, not for the game. Um, and then um, the 3DS didn't boot back up. <laughs> so uh, I think I think it's bricked now, which sucks. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I hope again, you didn't have any digital the, purchases. Uh, I think I had a couple, but yeah. I, uh, for the three, for Nintendo, I'd, I've more definitely more shied away from digital purchases. <laughs> But yeah, again, it wasn't the game, it was a system update, and yeah, fuck, I, I don't know, I maybe can try to open it up to do, I don't know. But yeah, I, I was just like, yeah, trying to try this out, oh wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so that, that sucks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've been playing. I guess there aren't a whole lot of 3DS games coming out anymore anyways, since Nintendo's <laughs> going all on the Switch now. Yeah, I was honestly surprised that they were like, hey, we're remaking this game for the 3DS. And I'm like, uh, can't you just do it on the Switch? Yeah. And it's probably in the works for, you know, a year or so. They just yeah. weren't sure. I'm sure it was also easier because, it, you know, being a DS game, it used the dual screens in some way. So yeah, trying to rework that for a single screen, I'm sure it wasn't, wouldn't have been as easy. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah, apparently the game... For, or I guess I'll say, for anyone unfamiliar with the game, um, the original Radiant Historia was you actually were uh, were able to sort of travel between two different timelines, and uh, like y- you would like go back and forth between the two because like one thing in one would affect the other, or like you would learn information in one of the timelines that you could use to advance in the other. And I mean, I, again, I didn't get that far into it, so I don't know any big revelations about it, but I know one thing in the new game was that they were adding a third timeline. I'm not exactly sure how that works, because I didn't get to play it. <laughs> but yeah, so, it it was an interesting sort of mechanic for the story, but yeah. Hopefully I can fix my 3DS. <laughs> cool, that's it. Yeah. Well, my list's a little bit shorter-ish, because um, obviously I spent two weeks in Africa. Um, <laughs> I, there was a lot of travel to get there, so I brought my Vita, but I ended up like not really playing it, because <laughs> um, I also, I with Netflix 
and Crunchyroll both being able to download video, I ended up with a whole bunch of video on my iPad. <laughs> um, uh, like, I think I had like 20 hours worth of video or something on there. Which, granted, it was like a 40 hours of travel to get there, but, you know, some of that was like I was sleeping or, you know, doing other stuff. Um, but right before I left, uh, a game called Cytus 2 came out for iPad, which is a rhythm game. Obviously, sequel to the Cytus, which was also on Vita. Um, although, Cytus on Vita was a PlayStation Mobile title. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, so I have it. It's still on my card, but because my card is in a new Vita, because my old one's battery is kind of shoddy now, um, I can't activate it, so I can't play it. Because, oh. yeah, PlayStation Mobile. But yeah, so Cytus 2, um, which is kind of weird because it's, it's a rhythm game, but they like tried to put some story in it. So, And the story is told through like social media posts, which is weird. Where it's like, you'll finish a song, and then it'll be like, new post. So you'll, like, go to the thing, and you know, one of the characters will have, like, posted something. And then there's also, like, comments, which is kind of funny, because they, they definitely have their, you know, finger on the pulse of uh, uh, social media comments. Because it's all the typical stuff you'd see, like, people making fun of the person who posted it, or, you know, posting stupid memes and stuff. So it's kind of funny how they do that. And... Like, you can tell that each of the characters has a different personality, too, because, like, one of the characters is kind of the gamer chick, and if there's ever a comment on one of her posts that's, like, making fun of her, inevitably below the post it says, user's been banned. <laughs> Whereas, like, other characters, you know, if if someone makes fun of them, they just, you know, it's just ignored, you know, it's you know, one of the comments, but every time someone makes fun of this character, user's been banned. I'm like, all right, you can tell her personality from that. <laughs> Not nice. a big fan of criticism, so. But yeah, the game's pretty fun. Um, lots of songs. It's got like thirty songs, I think, um, which is pretty good because it's only like three bucks. So, definitely been enjoying that. Wow, uh, that sounds like a deal. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like the game's pretty cheap, and there's that many songs. But then there's like two DLC packs that add a new character and like ten songs, and it's like, oh, for another three bucks, you only get ten more songs. That doesn't seem like quite as good a deal, but whatever. What can you do? Um, so I played a, a bunch of that while I was trapped. Well. Huh? Has a new character as well. Yeah. Well, it's weird because, like, there's posts from the other characters, too. So I don't know. I think they just... The main reason they have characters is that, like, they can group different songs by, like, genre. So it's like, this character makes this kind of song. So all, they have all this kind of genre songs. So that's the main reason why they kind of do that. But the story stuff they put in posts from those other characters probably to try to entice you to buy those packs. <laughs> Which I haven't done yet, but I, I can't think, keep thinking I might because I've been enjoying the game. Um, so I played a lot of that while I was traveling. Um, and then, obviously, watched a lot of stuff that I will talk about when we do what we've been watching. Um, but then, when I got back... Uh, Monster Hunter, Dragon Ball, and Dissidia were all sitting here waiting for me. <laughs> um, so I ended up popping in uh, Dragon Ball Fighters first and played a pretty good amount of that for a couple of days. Um, like, I didn't even really start Monster Hunter immediately when I got back. I ended up waiting a few days to start that, but I did play a whole bunch of Dragon Ball. Um, there's a story mode in the game 
that I was kind of trying to go through because I wanted to unlock the uh, unlockable character, Android 21. But unfortunately, the story was, like, really long. Um, not in terms of, like, actual cutscene stuff, but it's it's one of those games where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of nodes, and you just gotta, like, go from node to node. And so each level you gotta, you know, fight three or four times at minimum. You can, you know, you can fight more if you want to level up your characters or, you know, go for optional, like, unlocks and stuff. But even then it's like, alright, three or four fights, and then some cutscenes, and then three or four more fights, and then some other cutscene. It's like, it's taking quite a while, so I still haven't gotten through the story to unlock that character, which is kind of unfortunate. But, uh, is it an original story? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, all original. I, okay. Basic premise is that a bunch of, like, clones of uh, all of the main characters have shown up, and so you're trying to figure out where they're all coming from. And so the weird, the other weird thing about the story, so Dragon Ball Fighters is a 3v3 fighter. So, you know, your team has three characters and you can swap them out or have them come in for assists or whatever. Well, they decided to write into the story a reason why only one character is fighting at a time and why <laughs> you are playing that character. So in the story mode, you're not playing as Goku or Vegeta or any of those characters. You're playing as this random soul from they haven't said where and you were like <laughs> inhabiting Goku's body and everyone has been weakened so they can't fight unless you're in their body so it's like in the story mode you'll be like oh I'm in your body and then when you unlock a new character in the story mode it's like oh now you can jump to this body <laughs> so they're like explaining why it's a you know 1v1 but with you know team kind of thing it's really weird I feel like they kind of they kind of reached for it, but at the same time, it's kind of like almost endearing how they um, worked in the three v three aspect into the story. So I thought that was kind of funny. But I mean, I guess yeah. I mean, but it's funny because it's like, especially it's like it feels like like especially Goku and Vegeta now are are people who are like it's like I don't really want to fight with a teammate because I want to challenge myself. Yeah. So I feel like they didn't even need to do that. Yeah. But then again, I mean, not everyone's Goku and Vegeta that would just want to always be in a one-on-one. Yeah. So, that's kind of funny. And I got through... There's, like, three-story sections. So I got through the first section, which is playing as the heroes. And then I only did, like, one or two fights for the second section where you start playing as the villains. So they kind of do the same thing for that, where now you're inhabiting the body of Cell, and then, you know, you get... Freeze it to join you kind of thing. So it's silly and dumb, but all of Dragon Ball is. <laughs> but the game itself plays fantastic and I I love the way it plays. I love the way it looks. Um all the attacks are really cool looking. Um I'm still kinda trying to settle on a team for who I want to play. So I've kind of figured out a couple characters, but I'm still rotating around trying to figure out who I want to be the last character. Like that was part of the reason why I wanted to unlock Android twenty one is to see how she plays and see if I wanted to, you know, put her on my team or not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was definitely, like, when they in the game announced, I'm like, ooh, that looks neat. I'll think about picking that up. But it's just like, I mean, not only Monster Hunter, but as I said, that 14 patch, like, I was just like, there's no way I can buy anything else. <laughs> yeah. Well, they just announced uh, the first two DLC characters, so they're definitely got a long plan for the game. So, 
should be around for a while. And with it being an Evo and with all the hype surrounding it, I'm, I'm hoping it'll stay yeah. stay busy for a while. Definitely a lot of people when I was on playing online. That's the other weird thing. So when you pl- when you start up the game, it actually immediately drops you into an online lobby, and then from there you like go to the story mode. So they even like try to funnel everyone into online stuff. Granted, it, you know if you don't have internet connection, you can go to an offline lobby. So it's not like you have to be online, but if you are online, it like automatically puts you into an online lobby, which is pretty weird. But hmm. sort of like Monster Hunter. Yep. Speaking of so. After I'd played a few days of Dragon Ball, then I ended up popping in Monster Hunter, and I'd never really played a Monster Hunter. Like, I like briefly touched one of the other ones, and then I've played some of like the spin-off games, not like spin-offs, but you know, inspired by games like Soul Sacrifice and whatnot. Oh um, yeah, I was like, wait, there were spin-off Monster Hunter. <laughs> well, there's Monster but Hunter yeah. stories. <laughs> oh god, I didn't I actually, didn't actually play that, but, but. I don't. I don't. I don't know that I've actually heard bad things or anything. I just I never got around to it. Yeah. But yeah, so this is like the first monster I really had kind of gotten into, and I was surprised like how much I've been enjoying it. Um, like I said, I I kind of felt a little bit left out when I was you know going through the story and like I was the only one doing it. But um, <laughs> now I'm finally you know I got up through high rank and I beat the story, so now I'm kind of finally to the point where I can join people for stuff. I mean. It's still like when I was playing with uh, Tim last night or the night before, I think. Maybe it wasn't even Tim. I don't know. I was playing with someone and they were like, oh, yeah, let's do some missions. And then he's like, oh, maybe make sure I don't pick the tempered version because Andy's in here. It's like, oh. <laughs> so I'm still holding some people back, but at least I'm, you know, through the main story and can do the high rank version and whatnot. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, tempered monsters are, are the end game, which can very easily one shot you. <laughs> If you are not careful. Yeah. Or if your gear isn't that upgraded. Yep. Yeah. I keep... I feel bad because I did want to try to get around to, to playing with you on some of those lower missions you were on, but I was just like, I never... I kept meaning to, like, make a new... Try out one of the other weapon trees. Like, I've been looking at the Charge Blade. I always mix up the name, but yeah, I think it's the Charge Blade. Where it's, like, a sword and shield... Which, I mean, there's like a regular sword and shield type. Mm-hmm. But this one is a sword and shield, as well as then you can then stick the sword in the shield, and then it becomes a giant sword. Huh. So you can, like, switch between those two modes. And then there's, like, charging charging the shield and charging the sword with stuff. And, I mean, I can go into all the details, but I'm not. But, yeah, because I was just like, if I go in helping you with, like, my great sword. I'm just going to, like, do so much more damage to the monster than you, and I just, I didn't want that to imbalance, like, that imbalanced gameplay helping you out. Yeah. Because then you wouldn't, you wouldn't really have fought the monster, you just watch me smack it. <laughs> yeah, so I, like, I ended up doing, I guess, what I wasn't supposed to do anyways, but, you know, I did, really didn't do any multiplayer through most of low rank. Um, once or twice, I would SOS Flare just, you know, to get some randos online to play with or whatever, but for the most part, I did that by myself. And then once I got a high rank, then I was using the flare a little bit more often. Still occasionally do do some of them solo when I didn't feel like it or, you know, seemed like an easy one or whatever, but... Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was another thing I forgot to praise. The SOS flare is a great addition where you can actually get help in the middle of a mission instead of 
having to make sure everyone show is there at the beginning when you start it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really nice thing. It kind of makes up for the fact that the I feel like the party system is a little bit funky and that it's not like you can, you know, send an invite to like a random person. It's like, oh, if you want them to be in your squad, you actually have to like be in a room with them and only the leader can send it and some of those weird kind of things. So there's still some steps they could take, but being able to like jump into a mission and just say, hey, I need help. And I feel like almost every time I used an SOS flare, I would end up with a full party. Like sometimes it would take a little while, but usually would end up with having people helping me, which was good. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you said you didn't use it that much on low rank, and so I mean, I don't, yeah, I wouldn't. Think, I'm not sure if low rank would have as many people helping out. But yeah, definitely on high rank. I mean, you you looking for a monster as long as it's any version of high rank, well, except temper. That's a different thing. But I mean, yeah, it's like it's like hey, I, there you can definitely pro- find a lot of people who probably are looking to fight that kind of monster for those drops. So yeah. And I've even been popping in and helping other people with SOS flares now that I'm kind of hit the end game and I'm starting to grind for different armor sets. I'll be like, oh, I need to fight this monster and no one else is on, so I'll just, you know, find an SOS flare that's active and help this person. So, definitely been enjoying it. Um, kind of almost a little bit surprised that I'm enjoying it so much, but it's it's definitely filling that uh, destiny void of, you know, a looter kind of game yeah I mean as I said I, I'm happy that a lot more people are into Monster Hunter and it's just like cause yeah it's like I feel like people see a lot of the mechanics and it's like you see a lot of that like up front and it can get you turned off but I mean once you do get into the rhythm of things it it is a really great game yeah I, I'm really enjoying the bow too which I think is is good yeah I, I mean that's that's the other thing, too, is just, like, I mean, there are 14 different weapons, and they can play a lot differently than each other. So it's just, like, you, it's, like, yeah, once you find your weapon type, too, that just clicks, mm-hmm. and, yeah, you feel great. Basically playing playing Horizon Zero Dawn, but monster version. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, nice. I, was, I was watching a video the other day that was um, kind of explaining all the different weapon types, and kind of, it was, you know, one of those, you know, what, what type of weapon should you play? And the guy said each of the weapon plays so differently that he said everyone actually likes Monster Hunter. It's just a matter of whether or not you gave up before you found the weapon that you liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in the original, the first Monster Hunter that I started playing, I started with the dual blades, which just for me wasn't, it didn't fit how I was playing, or at least not how I was playing in the very beginning, because with the dual blades, you can get animation locked in a lot of its combos. So, if you don't aren't as familiar with a lot of the monster moves and such, you can get yourself wrecked pretty easily. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's like, and I switched to great sword, which it's like, I mean, you you just need to you sort of like work on lining up a powerful attack. But even if you don't do that, you can just sort of at least get in like some pretty, like, some big hits and then just sort of dodge roll out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But yeah, it is definitely gotta find that weapon you're good, you, that clicks with you, and yeah, it's, then it just feels great. Yep. 
So that's basically all I've been playing. Um, like I said, almost 50 hours now, last I checked. And that's in two weeks or so, which is fairly <laughs> fairly aggressive for me. Um, not, not very often that I put that much time into a game. Um, I did play a little bit of a few other games, so uh, got a game for review like two or three days ago, and I've already I played a little bit of it, which is uh, Bridge Constructor Portal, which was one of those games that like I remember it got announced a while back, and I was like, that seems like a very odd combination, because um, like a bridge constructor game, but then Portal is it just going to be like build bridges, but Glados is in the background and. It's a little bit of that. Um, it's oh, wait, a, it's actual portal. Yeah, like portal, like oh, Valve. I just thought portal. that. I mean, portal is not exactly the most unique word. I just thought it was something, but wow, okay, I didn't realize it was actually connected to actual portal. Yeah, yeah. So I I figured it would just be like window dressing, but they actually they have almost all the mechanics from Portal Two. So there's like repulsor gel and the the fasty gel. That I don't remember what they <laughs> called it. Um, and of course, frictionless you know, gel. Huh? Frictionless gel. Uh, I don't. Remember. I thought it was something else. I don't know. But um, they have that. They have turrets. They have, of course, portals. Um, all that kind of stuff. So you're still building bridges, but there's a lot of like silly physics stuff that you do instead of like building conventional bridges. So like some of them will be like, oh, you have to build a bridge to this portal, and then you need to make sure that when the vehicle goes through the portal, it you know has a certain velocity so that it can go out the portal on the other side because you can't build a bridge over there or whatever. So it's really interesting how they kind of worked the different aspects of portal into, you know, making a, a bridged game. Um, and, of course, you know, GLaDOS is there and the whole kind of test structure, like in the first game. So GLaDOS will kind of come in most levels and, you know, give you a quick, like, one-liner and then talk a little bit about the level and stuff, so <clears throat> overall, I've really been enjoying it. <laughs> she insulting you a lot? Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think uh, after the most recent set of levels, I finally earned the uh, the privilege of eating. <laughs> oh. So that was nice. That's a wonderful privilege to have. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun. The, the one thing that's a little bit weird, and I don't know maybe if I just haven't made it far enough yet, but I, as I recall in other games, they would usually give you, like, a money limit, whereas in this one, you can really just build whatever you want. And as far as I've made it, they don't limit you. Like, at the end of the level, to say, you know, you spent this much money, so it's something you can keep track of and, you know, try to spend less money, but there's no limit. So a few levels, I feel like I just kind of, like, over-engineered it and just kept adding struts and kept adding struts until I was, you know, super over-constrained and <clears throat> I don't know. They, they yeah. instead of focusing on that, they focus more on, like, the kind of silly physics stuff, which I guess just kind of gives it a different different feeling, but I don't know. But yeah, definitely been enjoying that. And then uh, last week, uh, Sprint Vector came out for PS VR, so I ended up picking up that, and then I played... Only like an hour of that so far, but over the weekend I popped that in and was sprinting around. By sprinting, I mean swinging my arms, but <laughs> I still worked up a pretty good sweat playing that. <laughs> um, nice. The weird thing is, I did really well playing that at PSX, and then I pick it up and start playing it here, and like 
my time was nowhere near as good as it was when I was there. <laughs> so part of the problem was I was definitely having some tracking issues because my uh, camera was set up for me being sitting down, but obviously I was standing up to play it. So like a couple times I like you know try to turn to turn on the track, and I'd get the message like you're not in the play area, and it's like shit. So then try to move back and get back into the play area. So I think I just need to mess with my setup a little bit more and try to uh, get things all in the right spots. But yeah, I definitely like to play some more of that and try to get some better times, post some better <laughs> high scores on the mess on the uh, high scoreboards. <laughs> nice. So is that just leaderboard based? There's no online, or is there? There is online. Yeah, you can actually race against okay. people. But at the moment, I I've only really done a few offline races against you know AI components opponents. Are <laughs> well, there components of the game? Yes, components, <laughs> opponent components. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. I've also been actually I've been playing a bunch of uh, Fate Grand Order still on the phone. They just uh, just had an event for uh, Garden of Sinners, Karno Kyokai. So they had a crossover yeah. event where you could get uh, Shiki from Garden of Sinners. And wow. since I like those movies, I <laughs> played a bunch of that event to get her. Fortunately, it was one of those events where you could get one of the card, one of the characters for free for just for playing the event. Because um, usually they'll do an event and it's like, oh, well, you can only get the character if you pull them out of a random pack. Um, but this one they actually gave you the assassin version of Shiki. There was also a saber version of Shiki that you had to pull out of out of packs, which naturally I didn't, um, and I don't Aww. not spending money on that game, so I only <laughs> had one pull while the the loot box was active. But hmm. well, actually, that reminds me, I did actually play Dissidia, but not the one on the PS4. <laughs> oh, you played the phone one? <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot that. Yeah, that phone game came out. I played like through the first chapter, but I, I mean, I didn't stick with it. Yeah, I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. <laughs> Because the the PS4 version of Dissidia actually came with a code for an item in that game. And I was like, oh, I should download the game and put in that thing. And then I just haven't done it. (laughs) I might be screwed anyways because the card in the the case says download the game for Android and doesn't mention iOS at all. So even though the game is on iOS, the code might only work on Android. Hmm. Weird. Yeah. Also, I just finished booting up my PS4, and yeah, I'm at 150 hours of playtime. Damn, <laughs> uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah, not not of not of that Dissidia phone game. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> yep, that's about it that I've been playing. A little bit of board games too. Met up with my friends to play board games a couple times, but you know, not a whole lot of video yeah. games since it's all I've only been. I was gone for two weeks. <laughs> but yeah. It's funny you say met up with friends to play board games. It's like it's like when I met up with friends like this weekend. It's like we all played Monster Hunter in the same room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for me, who was in a different room. So then you all had to be on microphone. <laughs> yeah. Which is always great too, because then it's like, oh, we're all in the same room. Make sure to mute each other so we're not talking into each other's microphone. And it's like, then we get back, and I'm like, oh shoot, did you remember to unmute me? <laughs> it's like someone tell him to unmute me. <laughs> Uh, good times, good times. Yep. All right, well, this uh, first half went pretty long. 
Yeah. How many how many more things can we uh, tangent into Monster Hunter in the second half? <laughs> I don't know. How, how many things have Monster or Hunter in the name that I can then screw up again and just say Monster Hunter? Hey, man, I, I said Monster Hunter when I was thinking Kingdom Hearts, so apparently it doesn't even <laughs> need to have either word in it for me to accidentally say Monster Hunter. <laughs> All right, well, I guess we'll go to break and come back with uh, what we've been watching and uh, wrap up this monstrous podcast. Hey. <laughs> All right. Andy being Andy. Yep. Yep. back with more side quest episode 20 so uh before we jump back into what we've been watching i actually realized during a break that i forgot to talk about a game that i had been playing so i will do that now because i feel like it um i also picked up uh, shadow of the classes that came back right after i got back from vacation <laughs> and uh i actually haven't played a whole bunch of it mostly because you know, playing other things, but uh, definitely a game I love, so I was excited to play it again with, you know, decent frame rate and amazing <laughs> graphics. Holy shit, the remake looks amazing. Decent frame rate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that original. Hey, I, I played the game all the way through on PS2 and then all the way through again on PS3, so <laughs> it's not like it was unplayable or anything, but uh, it definitely yeah, could, yeah. it could chug at times. When you were fighting stuff. But yeah, so I've done the first four Colossi on the PS4 version, which is a sixth of the game, or sorry, a fourth of the game, like, monster-wise, but it's only taken me like half an hour to do that, because I remember, especially the first two, like, I remembered exactly what they looked like, where their weak points were, where they were, all that kind of stuff. But then like three and four, it was like I had to use the sword to find them, because I couldn't remember exactly where they were. But then like as soon as I got to the arena, it was like, oh right, now I remember... You know, which one they are and uh, how to beat them. Because, like, I I have a pretty good memory of, like, most of the Colossi and how to beat them. I just don't necessarily remember the exact order or, like, how to get to all of them. But I have a feeling that, like, as I get to each of them, it'll be like, oh, yeah, this guy. And then I'll probably remember how to beat him. <laughs> yeah. I have similar memory where it's just like, it's like, I don't, I won't remember something if you ask me. But, it's like, the second you put me in a location, it's just muscle memory takes over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially the fourth Colossus. I get there and there's like the little uh, huts, and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this guy. This guy's kind of annoying because you have to like try to get him to do a specific animation before you can climb up on his back. That was exactly my uh, experience with it again here. It's like I tried to get him to go to the one spot and he like wouldn't do it, and then I went to the other, and then finally he he got down on his knees so I could jump up on his back. But yeah, so I've only played the game for like half an hour and already done four of the class I <laughs> nice yeah I mean it's funny with that remake coming out I was also it's like 
hey, you're kind of hunting large monsters like another game yeah, that exactly. just came out. <laughs> exactly. And we're back to Monster Hunter. Again. I was when I was playing that, I was doing it kinda of like in between like Monster Hunter sessions. <laughs> so it's like these games are I mean, they're not that similar, but the whole kind of feeling of hunting giant monsters is definitely uh, there in both. Yeah. Um, Gameplay-wise, they're pretty different because obviously there's a lot more, you know, you're grappling with the monsters and stuff in, in Shadow. Although, I do uh, get to mount the monsters occasionally in Monster Hunter. <laughs> yeah, uh, mounting is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, especially... It's kind of hard to do with the bow, but they we do have a, a jump move if you do the... Uh, dodge jump you can mount that way but it's kind of difficult and it seems to be kind of random like sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't work <laughs> i mean it's just more it's really sort of like a status effect where you have to do enough damage in the air and then you'll eventually mount them huh really yeah because i mean it's the bow version is only a single attack and sometimes i'll do it once and i'll you know, I end up on their back, and sometimes I do it and it hits them, and that's that. It just, you know, does some damage, so... Yeah, well, different monsters have different resistances to it, and depending if you're playing with other people or not, it would take... It takes more damage if you're with more people, but also it it accumulates damage from everybody, and then once the... Whoever breaks the threshold is the one who gets the mount. Ah, okay. Which is why a lot of the times for me... When I'm using the great sword, if I manage to like, I don't have a built-in jump, but if I manage to find a ledge, and love love this about the great sword is that they let you actually charge your falling slash, so I can like get up to if I do it high enough, I can get like a the full rank three charge, smack the monster right in the face, and it's pretty much an instant mount. <laughs> nice, but yeah, but it's like then it's like if I use the insect lave, I mean that one does have a built-in jump, but then I'll sort of need to, like, do it a few times as I'm, like, twirling over their back. And then... Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, Shadow of the Colossus, great remake. Uh, plan to keep doing it. I was... At first, I was doing, like, one Colossus a day, and then <laughs> I haven't played it for, like, a week now because I got so sucked into Monster Hunter, but I hope to finish it again on PS4 just because I love that game so much. Yeah, I was definitely thinking about it, but yeah. I was just like, Monster Hunter just sucked up, like, this whole vacuum of time. And it's just it's like, <laughs> why Why did all these other things have to come out now? Yep. Well, so, under what we're watching, I guess I'm going to start, since I'll have the anime the month after that. Um, so, actually, like, two days before I left for Africa... Um, there was a theater showing of a movie called Mary and the Witch's Flower that I was kind of interested in seeing because um, this is kind of a – it's a new studio, but it's, the studio is kind of born out of um, a lot of people who used to work at Ghibli. And so the film definitely feels like a Studio Ghibli film just as far as like the character arc for the story and the um, character designs and just the whole kind of feel of it. But um, it's a – Pretty simple story. It's based on uh, a Western novel called the like Broomstick Girl or something like that. Um, but basically, a girl who uh, moves in with her grandmother, I think it was, and uh, ends up finding this flower that has magical properties and gets kind of involved in a um, 
magic society that it was looking for this flower kind of thing. But it was fun and, um, you know, typical kind of Ghibli good feels at the end and uh, likable characters and everything. So definitely worth one kind of checking out if you like that uh, Studio Ghibli style of, of movie for sure. And then, uh, so I said I put a whole bunch of stuff on my iPad. So one of the things I put on my iPad was um, My Hero Academia. Nice. So I hadn't watched any of this, and I ended up putting the first season on my iPad using uh, VRV. And unfortunately, I don't know if it's just that my iPad is shit or their app is shit, but when I'm watching a show on that app, all of the subtitles are, like, just a little bit delayed. Ooh. Yeah, so it's really annoying but i still ended up watching the whole first season on the airplanes (laughs) um and i enjoyed it enough that when i got home i uh watched all the second season too so caught up on that show nice Um, yep it was fun i mean i'm not like an amazing show but as far as like you know shonen shit goes it was it was fun yeah it's like uh the characters are all pretty good and the fights are all well done with you know, kind of believable uh, conflicts when there there is a conflict, or or you know, if it's like a tournament arc, you know, they do a good job of kind of expanding on each character using their abilities and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that is definitely one of my favorite shonen shows, mm-hmm. and I uh, can't wait for season three this year. It, yep, I remember it's spring or I, summer. Yeah, I thought it was summer. I could be wrong. Because uh, I think it's, I'm just going off a of memory here, but I think it's One Punch Man in the spring and then Hero in the fall or in the summer. Yeah, uh, good old One Punch Man. <laughs> I hope the new season's good since they, you know, switched studios and everything. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so I watched that. Um, Another thing I downloaded from Netflix, actually, was uh, the new Godzilla show. So uh, I didn't realize it until, like, after I downloaded it, and it was, like, just before I left that I found this out because my friend was like, hey, did you watch this yet? Um, So it's, like, an hour and a half long, maybe just an hour long, but apparently it's actually going to be a series. So um, it's a new – it's by the same people who did the Blame movie and – Knights of Sidonia and some of those kind of 3D animated shows. So this is also 3D, and it's not related to, like, any of the other Godzilla movies or anything. But it kind of, I guess, builds on a lot of that mythos because they, they mention, like, Mecha Godzilla in it and some of this other stuff. But it's, like, a lot more more future than most of those. So in this one, Godzilla basically ravaged the planet and humanity had to leave. So they get on a ship and... Uh, FTL, like, other side of the galaxy and try to find a new planet. And they can't find one, so eventually they're like, well, shit, we can't find any planets, so we're just going to go back to Earth. So they go back to the Earth, and it's only been, like, 20 or 30 years for the ship time, but it's been, like, 20,000 years on the Earth. So they're like, you know, maybe Godzilla's dead. Maybe he, like, fucked off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they go down to Earth, and naturally he hasn't, so they have to, they have to fight him off. Um... And it ends with a bit of a cliffhanger for, you know, since it's a series, and I guess there's going to be more of these. But, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, just, uh, it was all right. <laughs> I've never been, like, huge on the Godzilla franchise, but, so, 
whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it's a movie lead into a series, I guess. Is it? I mean, that's what it sounds like. If it, the first episode's an hour and a half, or is it? Well, I think I think it's just they're going to be multiple of you know the same length kind of thing. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think it's a lead into an actual series or anything. Yeah, I mean, it's funny too because like I know. Wait, so actually, was this specifically made by Netflix or are they just publishing? They're just publishing, kind of like because they have a pretty. I guess good relationship with the studio because the last few things that the studio did all ended up becoming at least in the West they're all Netflix uh, oh, exclusives. Right? Yeah, you said so that. So that know that blame movie yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, Knights of Sidonia. I never did yeah. finish the second season of that. <laughs> I never did finish the first season of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I remember is thinking Netflix also. I think this one was more on Netflix's end. But they did a uh, Castlevania series. Yep. Yeah, we we talked about that on this podcast back when. Uh, yeah. I I think the second season of that's coming out later this year too. Yeah, it's funny. It's like they call it a season, but it's it was like four episodes, and they weren't really cut well. So it was basically like this was really a movie of like one yeah. part of three. <laughs> I think they said. Well, I guess they kind of – yeah, they did – they made those four episodes and they said it was kind of a testing the waters kind of thing, I thought I recall. And they were like, let's see how well it does and then if there's you know a lot of interest, then we'll you know green light more of it. So I was glad that they ended up green lighting more of it because I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought – so it, yeah. <laughs> it's based on Castlevania three, right? I think it was. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, Honestly, I really haven't played many of the Castlevania <laughs> games, but <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy the anime. Um, and then speaking of Netflix, so two shows that are on Netflix in other regions but not America are Star Trek Discovery and Violet Evergarden. So when I was overseas, I was able to download them on <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Netflix is weird in that they just use whatever I whatever your current IP is, and that determines what uh, shows it show up on your app. So when I loaded up my iPad when I was in uh, Africa, I could see Star Trek Discovery and Violet Evergarden. So I was like, hey, I'll download these and watch them on the plane. <laughs> nice. um, so Violet Evergarden is actually going to be coming to Netflix in the U.S. as well. Um, it's just for whatever stupid reason uh, – it got stuck in Netflix anime purgatory, and they decided that they weren't going to put it out in the U.S. until the whole season was done. Everywhere else in the world, the U.K. and Japan and everything, they're putting it out episode by episode, but not the U.S. Yeah, I'm really not happy about Netflix for that. <laughs> yep. Cut. But, uh... Be- hmm? Because, I mean... Oh, God, sorry. Yeah, it's just, I, I saw an, ar- an article, actually, that Netflix had uh, made a partnership with Studio IG, Bones, and Wit Studio. And so mm-hmm. if Netflix gets even more, like, anime through those, and I'm just like, it's, if they decide to keep it at, like, hey, we're going to wait till it all finishes and then release it, I'm just going to be so upset. Especially because yeah. Bones is Hero Academia, so that's going to be sad. <laughs> and, yeah, Wit Studio is... 
Attack on Titan. Yeah, a lot, mm-hmm. lot of big names. I mean, those studios are big names themselves, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm really, really hoping Netflix decides to air things weekly. Well, even if some of the other countries do, apparently U.S. does not. And the weird thing is Violet Evergarden's been done for a while. Like, they showed the first two episodes – maybe it was only the first episode. They showed at least one episode, maybe two, at AX last <laughs> year. That's like six months ago. It's like, come on. And you're still going to piecemeal it? Like, I don't even know what's going on. But but yeah, so Violet Evergarden's uh, a show by uh, Kyo Annie, which is obviously – one of my favorite studios. And uh, basic premises kind of takes place after a war, and the main character's this girl who, in the first three episodes, they didn't fully confirm it, but it seems like she might have been part of some kind of experiment during the war because she kind of doesn't have emotions or anything. Um, and she actually lost her arms during the war, so she has, like, these mechanical steampunk arms. And so in the first few episodes, she's kind of trying to... Um, deal with learning to live in normal society. So she ends up taking a job as what they call um, like a memory doll. Basically, she writes letters for people. So like someone will come in who's not learned and they'll ask her to write a letter for them kind of thing. So it's pretty interesting. She has to kind of infer what people want to write in their letter, which is obviously outside of her skill set, not having you know very good emotions. So there's been – even in just the first three episodes, they did a really good job of kind of showing – what she wants and how she's kind of dealing with this post-war situation and everything. It was, I was really impressed with the first three episodes and I can't wait for the rest of the series to show up on, uh, us Netflix. (laughs) So you've only seen, that happens. You've only seen the first three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's that was all it was out when I was over there. Yeah. It's funny. That's where I've kind of stopped. I mean, I keep meaning to watch more, but yeah, (laughs) It's just funny. We... I looked into some kind of like proxy service to uh, spoof my IP and try to download them more, <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, it seems like you probably have to pay for something like that. And I'm like, eh, probably not worth it for just one show. Yeah. Although I could also get Star Trek Discovery, which I uh, I caught up on as of when I was uh, there, but now I'm you know behind because a few more episodes came out after that. So I I got up through like second half of the second season not season but you know they kind of went like on a short hiatus part way through and then um i know glenn and or not glenn josh was talking about it on the main podcast and they definitely did a big kind of twist reveal halfway through the show and so i at least got to that point and been watching kind of some of the the fallout from that so it's definitely a show that i I've been liking more and more as it's been going on. I've been kind of getting getting more into the characters and everything, so I want to catch up at some point and finish off that first season. Yeah. I've definitely heard mixed things about it, but I haven't watched any of it myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean... But every time I hear mixed things about it, I'm just like, wasn't, like, original Star Trek not, like, good for a couple seasons at the beginning or, or stuff like so, that? So... <laughs> Almost all of them suck their first season. <laughs> yeah. I, I've watched in their entirety uh, Next Gen, Voyager, Enterprise, and Deep Space Nine. And of those, the only one that even had, like, a halfway decent first season, I would say, was probably Deep Space Nine. 
Like, the first season of Star- Next Generation is terrible. <laughs> there are, like, a lot of really bad episodes. There's, like, a couple good ones. Um, I think, like, one of the first times that Picard has to, uh, like, go to bat for Data, so to speak, and, like, say, hey, this guy's a human, you know, he should get rights. I think one of those episodes is in the first season. That one's pretty good. But, like... The first season is also where they have that stupid episode where they kill off Lieutenant, Lieutenant Yar. It's like, that episode is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. Uh, and the second season of Next Gen actually isn't even that much better. Like, it slowly gets better, but as I recall, it takes really until, like, the third season that that show hit its stride. Yeah. I remember hearing, it was like, when, um... I'm just going to say Picard because I can't remember the actor's name and that makes me sad. <laughs> John. Yeah. Um, you just said John. <laughs> I know. I, now I'm blanking too. God damn it. Patrick Stewart. There we go. Patrick Stewart. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just remember like hearing something like in the first season, like since he was like just coming from theater practice, like he was very uptight and yeah, it wasn't like... Then when he finally sort of loosened up to everything, it was like, then he, like, got into it more. Mm-hmm. Which I think is hilarious, because it's like, yeah, it's like, Patrick Stewart was, like, in a, like, professional theater. It's like, then he's like, you know, did Star Trek, got a little loosened up, and now does voices on American Dad and Family. <laughs> and played the poop emoji in the Emoji movie. Oh, did he? I, 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 I think so. I pretty much sort of just tried to forget that movie existed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's one of the first movies playing in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, there was a ban on movies in Saudi Arabia, Arabia for a number of years, and the only, the only theater in the country, apparently, was an IMAX that was showing, like, um, at a museum that was showing kind of, you know, educational stuff, and they apparently just recently lifted the ban, and... One of the first two movies showing there was the Emoji movie. <laughs> it's like, good job, you guys lifted the ban. Uh, maybe you should start with something not <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I do just find it funny how much of a recurring character he is on American Dad, because he voices the head of the CIA. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, he does some pretty crazy shit on that show. <laughs> but it's animated, so yeah, it's... But yeah, it's just funny just thinking them like, that's John Luke Picard. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, he also did voice work in uh, Gargoyles, which was Star Trek The Next Generation, Next Generation. <laughs> Since, like, the entire cast of... Actually, maybe he was one of the people who wasn't on that show. But, like, almost all of the cast of Next Gen was on Gargoyles. Yeah. Um, I'm blanking if he was actually in it or not. He might have not been in it. I'm sure we will get angry <laughs> messages from, mostly from Craig. Hi, Craig. <laughs> anyway, um, another thing that I watched on a plane that I probably shouldn't have was uh, <laughs> Darling and the Frags. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that might have been a little awkward. Fortunately, I was in a window seat, so I just, you know, angled the iPad away from the, you know, other people on the plane and... Okay, that's good. <laughs> hope no one hope no one else was looking over my shoulder. And it was only the first two episodes, so like it wasn't. I guess there's kind of some nudity in that first episode, and then the second episode is where they show you how they actually pilot the max. So, okay, it was kind of bad all around, but you know what? <laughs> but yeah, so I've been I've been watching that show, um, keeping up with it since I got back. 
been enjoying it, so. Yeah, I've de- I've been enjoying it as well. Uh, up to date on it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Trigger, so it, the show can definitely be on a fine line of, uh, it's like, this is maybe a little awkward, but doesn't totally cross over into some of the more really bad mech anime. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it it's like it's definitely not necessarily what you want. Just someone walking in on at the wrong point in time. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, good old trigger. But yeah, I mean, with what they did with Kill a Kill, it's like I do kind of trust them more to be able to get or be on like uh, yeah, whatever. Ride the line. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Well, I guess the the one weird thing is that since this is a joint venture between them and uh, A1 Studios, I was wondering how that would kind of play out in like the, the series dynamics, like if, if A1 was going to dictate too much. But I think it seems like they mostly just kind of took the backseat and let Trigger do Trigger. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's funny. It's like, what, was this episode six or seven? But yeah, it's like, it's sort of it was like, it looks neat, but then actually a lot of the plotting so far has kind of been predictable, but then also this sort of felt like the end of a, the prologue of the whole thing, because it seems like we're going to hit into another arc, and uh, might be going some different places. Yeah, well, I mean, there was kind of that whole, you know, three rides with her thing, and they, I feel like that was what they were kind of playing up for this first part, and then now that they've kind of... Resolve that now. They can jump into something different. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, it's also funny too because the mech design reminded me more of some of Bone's work with uh, Star yeah, Driver. We were, I think we were talking about how it looks kind of like uh, Captain Earth or Star Driver. Yeah. More, more on Star Driver. It was like I had to like go back and look at some Captain Earth stuff, and it's like I mean it's both Bones, so it looked a little similar too. But I feel like it leaned more on Star yeah, they Driver. They're very interesting, interesting mech designs. <laughs> Yeah, still kind of weird that the the mech face is one that is talking when the female pilot is the one talking. But yeah, it it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that show, that show, and then uh, another Netflix thing that popped up. Um, they finally put up uh, Kakegurui on Netflix. So that was one that they licensed that came out like middle of last year. And it kind of got a lot of hype at the time, and unfortunately, since it was a Netflix licensed show, it didn't show up on any of the legal streaming services, so I didn't watch it at the time. But uh, when it went up over here a couple weeks ago, I ended up sitting down and watching that. So this one's kind of um, another take on like the elite high school genre that anime likes to do, where you know it's this high school for all these super elite people, but then there's something weird in the background. And in this case, it's that everyone in the school likes to gamble. And the student council has actually set up this, like, system where if you end up sucking at gambling and lose money and stuff, you end up as what they call a house pet, where basically other students can, like, tell you to do stuff and, you know, anime bullshit. <laughs> um, and, and and so in this show, there's a character who just kind of comes to the school and is learning the system, and you find out that she really likes gambling. <laughs> so and then it kind of turns into the normal anime stuff of her taking on the student council members one by one but 
it's, it was pretty fun. It was um, – I had watched a few videos about it kind of back when it aired. And unfortunately, one of them kind of spoiled something. Like not directly, but he made allusions to some of the things he didn't like about the show. And in doing so was – gave enough detail that kind of made it predictable or, you know – when I was watching it now, I was like, oh, well, now I kind of know what's going to happen because of what he had said. So that was a, kind of unfortunate, but otherwise it was, you know, it was decent. Very much uh, kind of like Dog and the Franks. They they really like their lewd faces. So like her – she gets a very um, interesting ex- expression when she's uh, enjoying the gambling too much. Interesting, you say. Yeah. And likewise, there's another character who uh, kind of gets it off to uh, life or death situations and – when I say gets it off, I, I mean that quite literally. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anime. <laughs> um, also on Netflix, uh, um, the second half of Fate Apocrypha is finally out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, <laughs> um, and unfortunately, because it was, it's been like several months since the first half was up, I sat down and watched, you know, the first episode of the second half, and I'm like, who are these characters again? What happened in the first half? And it took like two episodes before I was like, all right, now I remember, okay, that happened to that guy. That happened to that person. Okay, that person's not there because they're dead. All right. <laughs> so like I'm finally back up to like, all right, I kind of remember what happened in the first half. And Yeah. It's funny you say that because I thought they actually – well, I guess if Netflix didn't do it. But I think they actually – I thought they released like at that midpoint a uh, uh, recap episode. <laughs> Hmm. Which I guess Netflix huh. didn't do. I guess not. Yeah, because when I just when I hopped in, it you know it, it pulled up the show in my list and it was like, hey, you know, Fate Apocrypha is back. Start watching it, and it instantly dropped me into the next episode. Hmm. I don't remember there being a recap. Yeah, I, remember. I mean, I might have I might have skipped it, thinking, oh, I remember what happened, and then but I don't. <laughs> yeah, because I because I, so. I found a way to watch it weekly. I remember it was just like, yeah, we're not releasing an episode this week because we're not bothering to release the recap. I was like, oh, there's a recap episode. Good old anime recap episode. But yeah, I guess with uh, Netflix be like, yeah, just binge the whole series. Doing a recap episode seems pretty redundant. I guess, yeah, that's true. But in this case, they put up, you know, half and then half. Yeah. So it would still be kind of helpful. But I guess after this point, you know, anyone who jumps in now is going to binge the whole thing, or at least that's what they want. Yeah. What did you... Good old... Huh? I was going to say, what did you think of the ending? I haven't finished it yet. Oh, you... Okay. slowly going through it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I still have, like, five or six episodes left. Okay. Good stuff. Um... One last anime. So I downloaded this and then ended up not watching it on the plane um, just because I didn't get around to it. I was sleeping and stuff. But I started watching it when I got back. It's called uh, Place Further Than the Universe, um, which is about some high school students who want to travel to Antarctica. Um, Specifically, one girl, her mother was a researcher who went to Antarctica and disappeared. And so she wants to go there to try to find her mother. And then she ends up kind of roping in some other people that – Decided to go with her, but it's been uh, it's been a really good show. I've really been enjoying it. Um, I like the character dynamics. Um, it seems kind of uh, fun, like character interactions between them, and then just kind of their their story arc of uh, trying to 
to raise money and then trying to secure a spot on a ship and everything has been pretty fun. So everyone been in that, joined that show and, um, minor spoiler, but they might be finally making it there soon. So that'll be kind of <laughs> interesting because it's, um, it's something I want to do too, actually, is go to Antarctica at some point since I've now been to six of the seven continents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you current on the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm watching that one too and I do actually enjoy it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious in, like, one of the episodes when she's, like, packing up that uh, she finds an old PS1. Yeah. <laughs> and something that looked like a penguin version of Puyo Puyo Tetris or something. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I was thinking, too. Yeah. But, yeah, it's... it's Yeah, the character dynamics are really fun. It's just, like, sort of seeing everyone sort of grow or uh, yeah I guess sort of grow up mm-hmm. not necessarily grow up but just yeah sort of more realized stuff about themselves and yeah yeah particularly that that first arc with her friend at school was pretty interesting kind of how they slipped in that bit of character development just within that short arc of only a few episodes yeah but yeah, and then uh, the only other thing is I went and saw Black Panther uh, last Thursday. So yeah, that was that was really good. Probably uh, pretty much pretty up there for as far as Marvel movies go. Um, really enjoyed like the aesthetic and everything. Um, just kind of the way Wakanda looked was awesome, and then all the the outfits and everything were really cool. Um, I thought the villain was pretty believable and. Um. But yeah, it was really good. Really good Marvel movie. Yeah. You, you, were you trying to find Wakanda when you're in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> eh, well, they haven't come out yet, so we did. We didn't see them. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it on the opening weekend as well, and yeah, I. It's weird. Like I liked the movie, but also, so it was not. I, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what the dis- like. Some of the basic plotting was a little too predictable. But like, I mean, yeah, the look of it was great. The characters were great. Shuri is amazing. <laughs> yes, number one character. <laughs> I, I I'm really hoping that there's like a few scenes with her and Stark in Avengers. Yeah, like at the very least, the two of them meet or something. Yeah, I but. that. I so want that. <laughs> be but yeah, I, actually, I was talking with uh, Glenn on Twitter about it, and like I enjoyed it. I, I will say that there's definitely a formula for like the uh, solo introduction movies, <laughs> and this one definitely fits that that mold. I mean, there's a few things that they kind of change, but <laughs> I mean, you think about the villains in a lot of those movies, and then the villain in this one, and. He he fits that mold. He just has a little bit more believable um, backstory. Is like the only, really only thing that sets him apart as far as compared to some of the other ones. But I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to spoil it. But um, there were there was definitely a few parts where I'm like, okay, I can kind of see where it's going just because I've seen so many of these Marvel movies and like, all right, well now I know what's going to happen because that's what they've done in these other movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, I think the I'm going to try to do this without making spoilers, but it's just like there's like. 
you know, a fight in the middle of the movie that is just like, well, this is the middle of the movie. There's no, this fight really only goes one way with their, with their still continuing to be a story. (laughs) Yeah. And then also like, uh, like a surprise reveal near the end that's just like, yeah, that wasn't really a surprise. (laughs) But again, (laughs) another, like, the fight kinda had to, that kinda had to happen in the fight and it's not really a surprise reveal. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, as I said, yeah, looks great on so many other levels. It's just a little unfortunate that it, they sort of had to do that. But yeah, eh. as far as like you know, popcorn flick and Marvel flick, like it's good. Yeah, I, st- I think definitely. Hmm? I was gonna say for me, I think Winter Soldier and Civil War are my top Marvel movies. Yeah, those are definitely up there. I I think for me it's probably still Guardians one, nice. but I I wouldn't fault you know uh, Civil War, or Winter Soldier, or, yeah. But I'm definitely getting hyped for Avengers. I've been listening to a new podcast um, where they've been watching each of the movies week by week because they started you know exactly like what was it eighteen weeks before. Infinity War comes out because that was how many Marvel movies were out. <laughs> so they're doing one a week. It's kind of kind of fun to listen to them watching either, each of these movies in order and going, yeah, I I I remembered hating Thor, but actually it was better than I remembered. Or you know, I remembered <laughs> liking this one, but it was worse than I remembered or <laughs> stuff like that. So I, in fact, I almost kind of want to do it too, like sit watch all of the movies. But I I calculated it out and it's like. 40 hours or something to watch all of them. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I have time for that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention, Iron Man 3 is up there too, just for the whole, just for the final battle scene with all those different suits of armor. As as a, <laughs> as a Mac fan, I, I just, that has to be at, near the top because of that. <laughs> there were some pretty good uh, gags during that movie too with the suit of armors where like he saves the president and he lands on the bridge and then the car hits it and destroys it and you're like what and then you realize that he's <laughs> piloting it remotely like oh, yeah okay <laughs> but yeah that was another thing about black panther is that it's just like i mean a lot of people complained about ragnarok having way too many jokes but black panther really nailed when to have jokes and uh when to be more serious yeah compared to I feel like the last few, it was a little bit more serious, as far as as far as you know Marvel movies go. There was obviously still levity when they needed it, but yeah, um, I feel like a few of the recent ones have been a little bit more lighthearted, and this kind of swung back the other direction. But it was still no Batman versus Superman. <laughs> God, thank, in, in, thank God. In more ways than one, but it, especially in terms of you know dourness, it was nowhere near that. <laughs> yeah, I just. It's like, hear the entire internet screaming, What are those? <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> yeah. Alright, well, I think that was all I watched, so... How about you? I kn- or obviously, you watched a few of the same things. Yeah, I watched a lot of, sim- a lot of similar things, but also... Um, well, I'll just start off continuing with Marvel, but um, I've... I've been keeping current with the uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show on ABC. Yeah, I need to do that, too. <laughs> I, I really want to catch up on that, because I heard that the last half of the last season got pretty good. Yeah. This... 
Or, wait, or, yeah, no. <laughs> it's not actually the last half of the last season. Because, um, yeah, what's great was I was watching it, and I'm like, oh, sweet, and then they're like, and we'll be back in four weeks. I'm like, no! <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they finished this arc of this season, so now there's, they're like, you know, it's like, yeah, in four weeks, we're going to pick up with this new arc, and yeah, so curious where that's going to go, and yeah, really... It's like, even even you're behind, so I guess I really shouldn't talk about exact details. Yeah, I didn't... haven't watched since last season. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, it's... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has just been really great. I mean, <laughs> it's funny, we were talking about Star Trek, it's like, that first season was not the best, but, yeah. I mean, they... Even near the end of it, when they had when they had the Winter Soldier crossover, and, th- and then it's like that's when they really hit the gas, and that se- series took off. Yeah, Which, definitely, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I-, I will admit, even like the beginning of the first season is not great, but it does help to build all the characters, and then it's like, yeah, again, once that Winter Soldier crossover hits, it's like it just all comes together. And then... Yeah, you kind of have to watch that first half, or the, like the first, you know, part of the first season, just because it gives you the familiarity so that when the stuff goes south in that one point, you're like, oh, shit, well, now I actually kind of understand where everyone's coming from. Yeah. But some of the stuff in the first half was okay, like the stuff with, um, what was his name, Deathlock? I thought that was alright. That was a pretty yeah. cool episode. Yeah. Too bad he hasn't been back. But, he came yeah. back like once. There was one time they were like, "Hey, we need to bring in the firepower," and we remember that he existed. Yeah, but and then like they all promptly of, like, forgot again. Season four, he never really showed up. Uh, but yeah, it was just sort yeah. of funny. It's like he exists, but yeah. But yeah well, then... you could say the same thing about Coulson and the main movies too. It's like, <laughs> hey, he's alive, but they're not going to talk about him at all in the movies. Yeah, that's. That's been a weird part, especially when they did, like, in the last season, or I can't remember if it finished at the season before that, where S.H.I.E.L.D. officially came back, and it's just like, uh, I don't think the movies have touched on this. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is, it is, it is a really good show, and I'm, I love tur- turning into it every week that it's on, which it fortunately is not right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's funny too, because I was thinking, I'm like, oh, considering their arc they're in, I doubt they would really do a crossover with Black Panther, but it's like, eh, maybe something will get referenced or whatever, and then they're like, yeah, we'll be back in four weeks, and I'm like, oh, they're not even gonna be on the air when Black Panther comes out. Okay. <laughs> That is one of the things that I enjoyed when I was watching it more regularly was, you know, keeping up with when they do do the crossovers. I mean, most of them were pretty small, um, except for obviously the Winter Soldier one. <laughs> but, you know, hey, I went and saw Thor, and then the beginning of the episode is them literally at, like, the set from the end of Thor and be like, hey, we're cleaning up the mess. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. So it was kind of fun when they would do those. Yeah. Well, speaking of Thor and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was really nice that... Uh... Lady Sif actually, like, appeared a few times on that show as well, and got yeah. got to see a little more of her, which, yeah, I mean, hopefully they can still happen. She wasn't, 
I don't want to throw <laughs> Ragnarok spoilers any. Yeah. Probably too early to do those. I was just trying to remember if, if she was in that movie. No. Okay. She didn't, didn't show up so. at all in that movie. Okay. Oh, that was what I thought, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., really good. Obviously, watch Black Panther. Uh, but yeah, on to anime. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, it's like, yeah, watch uh, plays further than the universe, and on a similar, but a lot, or kind of similar, but a lot more casual, was a anime called Laid Back Camp. And uh, it's just sort of like about um, some, I'm going to say high schoolers, but they might honestly be, no, high schoolers, because one of them has a, a license for a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, it could be middle schoolers, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's high school. But yeah, it's just sort of like, they just sort of enjoy camping, like in just various places around the town they're in, in Japan. And yeah, that was one that I would, had saw that I was kind of interested in. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, as the title says, it's pretty laid back. And, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just like a nice, fun watch just, yeah, really easy to get laid back watching. <laughs> Keep saying that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of funny, just like watching those, that and Place for the Universe sort of ne- near each other, and it's like little, little different vibes, but yeah, kind of similar. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they actually, at the end of every episode, they actually, like, sort of give out some camping tips. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fun watch. Uh, let's see. Something else. <laughs> uh, watching another show called Katana Maidens, which is not a great show. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, it's it's about, you know, uh, different high schools are set up to train girls to use swords to fight demons, basically. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not that unoriginal of a setup, uh, but, I don't know. I just have fun watching it. It's just... It, it's something I you say... gotta have some of those, uh... Gotta have some of those, like, kind of guilty pleasure shows. Yeah. Honestly, like, I feel like people don't watch enough of these kind of shows, and it's just like, they're all like, oh yeah, just tell me all the AAA hits of this season, and, you know, I don't want to know about anything else. But it's just like, yeah, but then you just sort of get disappointed watching, like, one anime a year or something. Yeah. And I'm just like, it is nice to sort of balance out the diet with the more mediocre shows that let you appreciate the great ones even more. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, because, I mean... I mean, even the fights in this show, I mean, they're kind of nice, but then every once in a while, a lot of the times you can see, like, oh, they just made that character be a 3G model all of a sudden. Or <laughs> 3D, not 3G. <laughs> yeah. You're uh, really phoning it in with that one. Oh, uh, Andy. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 got enough of a hook that I enjoy watching it. And, I mean, it's funny with the first episode, I always think it's, like, shows like this, it's like, okay, we're training people to fight demons, but then this show is really about those people fighting each other, and we're not really going to touch on the demons that much. 
<laughs> I always find it funny when shows do that. It's just like, okay, so the de- the demons are a problem, but we're going to be more concerned with fighting each other. Got it. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I mean, this show actually works that a little better than other shows. I just, when I saw the first episode, I thought it was going to be more like that. And just like, always laugh when shows do that. You can't do a tournament arc against the demons. <laughs> well. Every, every fighting show's got to have a tournament arc. The tournament arc is the first episode and that's it. <laughs> really? Yes. Damn, get right into it. <laughs> yep. Next you're going to tell me that the first episode was also the Hot Springs episode. Uh, let's see. No, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, that's another. Let's see what else did I watch? Oh, fun little OVA I caught, uh, which will surprise no one that I'm into. But Gundam Build Divers uh, released a prologue OVA, which uh, is the going to be the new Gundam Build Fighter series coming out in the spring, I think. And, yeah, you know, it's like, hell, earlier I was talking about Gundams and Gundam models, so no surprise I'm into the show about Gundam models fighting. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, it's, this one looks neat because, like, the, the the first season was more one-on-one battles, then the second season sort of turned it into three-on-three, but some of the focus on the fights in that one, I was... It kind of was not the best, but I mean, it's still good, but yeah. Uh, but this one looks to be, uh, this prologue is actually sort of like two of the top teams competing for in the final round of this tournament, which are neither characters are going to be, I'm pretty sure, going to be the main characters. It's like at the end, they show the main character and how he's inspired by the fight. So that's why this is just the prologue. But, um, yeah, this looks, it's like it was like a whole 10 on 10 battle and had like a lot more tactics and some great piloting and it was really fun to watch and really looking forward to how they can do the different combat in the, in the main story. So yeah, looking forward to that. And you know, then looking over at my pile of gunpla and go and cry. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, let's see. Uh, hmm. I feel like there's one other. Oh yeah, <laughs> another Netflix show. But uh, I started watching Altered Carbon, which uh, I've been hearing good things. Yeah, it's like you know sci-fi, futuristic, cyberpunk, uh, set in the future where people can uh, now have a uh, basically like a disc implanted in their neck so that if they die their consciousness goes onto that disc and they can just put it into a new body and so sort of gives people some sort of immortality Mm -hmm. as well as like you know all the other things you can do with that like just transferring your consciousness from one body to another like a planet like planets away Mm -hmm. but uh so like part of the story is also that like you know Getting a new body, though, is actually kind of an expensive process, and so only, like, you know, a lot of the really rich people are the ones that can truly live forever. And the uh, story starts out with uh, one of the, like, the oldest person, basically, on the planet, 
who was like, you know, so rich and connected with everything, was actually killed in his home. And so, I mean, he had a, has a backup. And so, you know, he's, that's why he's not actually dead. But then like the miss, like it's this person's brought in to investigate how someone managed to kill him. But yeah, I'm only like halfway through, but it is really good and, uh, really, uh, violent and nudity everywhere because Netflix. Good old Netflix. <laughs> I was reading uh, an interview thing about specifically like what a couple of uh, anime teams thought of working with Netflix. And the, the one thing they said is that uh, they have more freedom as far as like nudity and violence go because they're not, you know, beholden to TV standards. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why we saw like that uh, Castlevania show. <laughs> yeah, that show was... Yeah, I, that show was or too I, violent, honestly, in my opinion. <laughs> like, I mean... Well, the other one that came out recently was uh, um, Devilman Crybaby. I haven't watched it yet. It's on my my list. But apparently here. that one's um, pr- pretty violent as well. Yeah. My problem with Castlevania was, I mean, I'm not saying don't be overly violent all the time. I just think they their scenes of extended violence just went on for a little too long. Like, okay, we get the point. Demons are dicks. They're killing everybody, but it just was sort of just sort of dragged on for me. Huh. I don't know. I figured didn't seem like it to me, especially because it was only four episodes. So it was like it's kind of hard to drag anything on that long. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just. Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not opposed to it. It's just. When when you do some violent sins for too long, it's just yeah doesn't starts to lose its effect to me. But yeah, Altered Carbon was yeah I think I said I was halfway through it and it's yeah I'm liking the mystery. Cool. But uh, yeah, I think that is does it for me. Okay, well, then I guess we can move on to our uh, last segment here, which is the anime of the month, and this month is my pick. So I went with Full Metal Panic. Um, not to be confused with Full Metal Jacket or Full Metal Alchemist or any other Full Metals. Um, so Full Metal Panic is uh, about this guy. He's high school aged, but he kind of grew up in the Middle East. And basically ended up getting trained in the art of, like, war and everything and um, fought in a lot of wars over there and then ended up conscripted by a, uh, an underground organization that operates around the world. And he ends up on this assignment where he has to protect a high school girl in Japan. Um, so he has to go to school and so they kind of play it off. It's part action, part comedy. They kind of bounce back and forth between the two. Um, but the main comedy comes from the fact that he's, you know, got this military upbringing, so he's completely oblivious to anything, you know, normal social norms in, in a school setting. Um, like, uh, someone puts a love letter in his, uh, locker at school, and he sees it was tampered with, so he decides to blow up the locker. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then, 
it, it also kind of randomly switches sometimes where then it's like, hey, now we're going to go full on, like, mecha action for a couple episodes. <laughs> so it's kind of a weird show in that sense. Um, but uh, it's, it's really good. The characters are all really fun. Like, the dynamic between um, him and then the, the female, the character that he has to protect um, is really interesting. They kind of do a good job of having the two of them play off of each other and uh, in the comedy bits as well as in the action bits and everything. So, um, And, uh, of course, one of the reasons I like it is the second and third season were both done by KyoAni, so <laughs> <laughs> tie in there. But, um, so, yeah, there's three seasons. The first season's pretty good for the most part. Um, the second half gets a little bit not as good, but... Then the second season is weird because they kind of do this spin-off where it's all basically comedy bits. And then the third season, they kind of go back to doing the um, the rest of the storyline, which is kind of weird. And These are all based off of novels, so there's kind of some hope that at some point they're going to do some more of the novels, because I think there was some stuff that wasn't adapted. Uh, well, with, you, you with say that... With the game coming out... Well, not even the game. They did announce another season of anime. <laughs> Wait, they did? Yeah. It's actually this year coming oh. out this year. I don't remember Damn. what well, okay. uh, season. But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, as you're saying, like... Yeah, the first season was, like, mixing that comedy and action. But for the, like, the second season... Yeah, it was, like... It was really more of just of a spin-off that was focusing on comedy and then the actual yeah. second season to the story season was a little more focused on the drama. Yeah, I mean you could you could argue that that second season which is uh, called Full Metal Panic for Mofu that was kind of just like I, as I recall they weren't even full length episodes. Most of them were like half length and they were basically just comedy bits. But then the third season was called Second Raid so it's kind of like hey this is the second season. <laughs> Shifty eyes, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. It is and, uh, really nice that we to get that confirmation that I was like, yeah, we're getting another season. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the the mech in the show is also kind of overpowered because uh, it has that that drive that lets it. Uh, is it imagination? It runs off of. So like, if you can imagine it, it becomes real. Like with with limitations, of course, but. <laughs> It's like, yeah, that's kind of hacks. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I I really should remember more details on it, but it was more of like it just sort of can create force from out of nowhere, kind of. Not like fully yeah. just create anything. It's, it's yeah, your imagination. Yeah. But it just like, that was one of the bigger things was that it, it requires you to sort of like actually focus on some things. But with the main character's more, like, military upbringing, he can't uh, as use the system as well because it requires him to do more, like, uh, I want to say be a little more emotional, but that's not quite it, but kind of is. Yeah. But yeah, so. Yeah. And that, that that show also had a uh, big summary that you could use for naming your uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> yeah, but it's all... I'm trying to remember what the name of their ship was. Yeah. I the the mech was called the Arbalist, as I recall. Yeah, I don't remember what the name of their their ship was. But it was it's one of those like like super giant massive submarines, like big enough that they're like, hey, we're launching missiles from it, and we have all the mechs on board and. It's pretty cool, like tech-wise. 
but yeah so that's a that's a fun show definitely worth uh checking out full metal panic i don't i forgot to check if it's available streaming anywhere it's kind of an older show i want to say the second and third season came out like 2005 2006 yeah yeah second raid came out 2005 okay so close there yeah original series came out 2002 and yeah third season is actually premiering in april so <laughs> i feel like now that i did read that at some point and i just forgot i don't know why i forgot because i remember that they announced that the there's the game coming out yeah because yeah, i think it's the, there's that game coming out that is not getting an actual western release but it's getting a release in Asia that's going to have English on it, so you can import a copy of the game that you can actually read. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that comes out on May 31st. So. Oh, hey, it is... The first season is on uh, Crunchyroll. Looks like the whole thing. I don't see the other ones, though. It is weird if it only has... Oh, wait, there we go. They, ju- they just, for whatever... Since the other ones have different subtitles... They're under different things, so... And for whatever reason, Fumofu has a question mark at the end of Full Metal Panic. So it's Full Metal <laughs> Panic, Fumofu? Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean... Anime. Yeah. Full Metal Panic does end with an exclamation mark as well, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, instead of the exclamation mark, we would do a question mark, because... Yeah, I kind of missed my <laughs> Anywho, yeah, Full Metal Panic... Good show. Worth checking out. Yeah. And uh, I guess that will do it for the show, so we can uh, close up now. If you want to get a hold of us, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. Sidequest at psnation.com is the email address. Um, We're also at SideQuestCast on Twitter. The forums on the PS Nation site, there's usually a thread for every episode, something I remember. Um, you can go in there and comment in the forums or comment directly on the post on the PS Nation site. Um, if you can, we would appreciate it if you could uh, go to the PS Nation and use some of the uh, affiliate store links. So instead of running a Patreon or you know, any of those kind of things, uh, PS Nation just has uh, affiliate links. So if you're going to be shopping on Amazon or Best Buy, GameStop, any of those websites, go to our site, click the link. It'll bring you to that that store, and it uh, doesn't change your experience. Same price, same everything. We just get a little cut for referring you to the site, so that uh, really helps us out. Um, we also have our Twitch channel, so if anyone has uh, Amazon Prime, and you get that free Twitch subscription. Um, we'd love to uh, to get those, so helps us out. We're kind of planning for E3 right now, and uh, <laughs> funds are looking a little tight, so appreciate every little bit. Um, but that will do it for the SideQuest podcast. You got any uh, final thoughts, Wyatt? Uh, I, I need to go back and hunt some monsters, so, you know, wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You mean 150 hours is enough for you? Nah. It's barely a drop in the bucket. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, let you get out there and hunt some monsters. So see you guys next time. <laughs> see you later.